Earlier today, a man drove through the barricades in the Capitol. He killed a cop. He got shot. He had a knife. And, you know, this all of this is, is still relatively breaking news. They're saying they believe it's not terror related, though many journalists are expressing skepticism. Not that it is or isn't, but that isn't it a bit too soon. And now we're getting information on the suspect, apparently a, a black nationalist. And that is from the New York Times. This is not just my opinion. They said that this man was a, a proponent of the Nation of Islam, a, a follower of Farrakhan, a, a vocal supporter. And they mentioned this is a black nationalist movement. Apparently he had posted something on Instagram or Facebook that indicated he was very much a, a, a leftist identitarian. And I'm not surprised this kind of thing is happening, but I'm, I'm still... I'm a bit unsurprised that they're going to try and downplay the politics on this one because things have already been a bit chaotic in terms of left-right culture war. And the establishment seems to be very much deferential to and protective of leftist extremism, as we've seen. So we're going to talk about all this, and it's very heavy stuff. We do have a bunch of other stories. Things are getting crazy in Crimea. I mean, this is just, it's <laughs> heck of a Friday, right, guys? Joining us today is author, commentator, founder of Liberty Junkies, Julie Borowski. Hello. Do you want to just give a really short, quick introduction? Hi, my name is Julie Borowski. I'm a commentator, an author, and owner of LibertyJunkies.com. I'm also on YouTube, Julie Borowski. Cool, right on. And uh, we got, we yes, got Ian hello Chilling. everyone. Thank you, Tim. Ian Crossland over here. Hi, everyone. Oh, yeah. And you have me in the corner, pushing buttons as always. Sour Patch Lids. Lydia, technically. You know, normally we, we, we open and it, it tends to be more humorous and jokey and we let it dry, draw, uh, draw it a little bit. But, uh, you know, coming up here, we, we always go through the day trying to figure out what we're going to talk about and what the stories are and what's interesting. And then you get something like what happens today. And it's it's scary stuff. I mean, in, in any circumstance, if somebody crashed a car and, 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 you know, got into it with cops, we probably wouldn't talk about that kind of thing. But this is hyper political in a hyper polarized space. And there's just so much to go through. There's the establishment Democrat leftist type saying, clearly, this was a white male. And it's exactly why Mitch McConnell was wrong. They should have doubled down security. And then you got all these demands for more security. So it's just going to get rough. Before we get started, I want you to consider one very important thing. First, go to TimCast.com, become a member. And YouTube absolutely frowns upon these kinds of conversations. It is this kind of conversation that got me axed on Facebook. No joke. When everything went down on January 6th. I did a video just basically saying, here's what's happening. And they told me you're out and you're, you're not allowed back in. And I, 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 okay, I guess. But if I'm going to report the news, I'm going to report the news. I didn't, I didn't say anything against the rules. They just don't want that kind of conversation. So it's very likely YouTube does not appreciate this either. This is reality. When news happens, news gets reported, but YouTube wants to be the foofy, fa family friendly, you know, basketball dunking Minecraft website. I'm sorry. That's just not reality. And so long as we're able to, we'll talk about this stuff. So go to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments from the show. Last night, we did basically a full bonus episode with Michael Malice. He wanted to talk about success, you know, where we're going and advice. And it was a really interesting philosophical conversation, probably gave a bunch of very, very important advice, you know, both from uh, Michael. I think everybody had uh, something to add. If you want to learn the secrets to, secrets to success and hear our philosophies, our ethos, become a member, check out that segment. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. All right, we're getting serious now. This is the story from the New York Times. Suspect in capital attack appears to have been a follower of Louis Farrakhan. For those that aren't familiar, he is the leader of the Nation of Islam, who has repeatedly 
promoted anti-Semitism. The suspect, Noah R. Green, 25, was identified by two law enforcement officials and a congressional official. He was from Indiana and died of being shot by Capitol Police. On Facebook, Mr. Green had, had posted speeches and articles written by Mr. Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad, who led the Nation of Islam from 1934 to 1975, that discussed the decline of America. Two law enforcement officials confirmed that the Facebook page, which was taken down on Friday, had belonged to Mr. Green. Mr. Green posted on Facebook about his personal struggles, especially during the pandemic. Quote, to be honest, these past few years have been tough and these past few months have been tougher. I have been tried with some of the biggest unimaginable tests of my life. I am currently now unemployed and I left my job partly due to afflictions. He also spoke on Facebook about the end times and the Antichrist. On March 17th, he posted a photo of a donation he made to the Norfolk, Virginia chapter of the Nation of Islam, along with a video of Farrakhan's speech entitled The Divine Destruction of America. Later that day, he encouraged his friends to join him in studying the teachings of Farrakhan and Mr. Muhammad. The Nation of Islam is a black nationalist movement that has advocated African-American self-sufficiency. All right, I've got I've got a thread pulled up from Andy No, who's dug in a little bit to who this guy is and some of the things he said. And I want to point out something. The way the New York Times is quoting this guy as if we're going to look at his statements not that long ago. It was a police officer who was paraphrasing what a mass shooter had said. And he lost his job basically for this. He was attacked. They accused him of placating this, this evil man. Why is the New York Times, what's with the double standard? We get it though. We see the double standard all the time. The mainstream establishment, corporate press and politicians are deferential to left-wing extremism. They would come out with in, in, in seconds condemning this and saying everything you'd expect them to say, terror, ban guns, all of that stuff. If this actually was a white person, as we've often seen this time, though, many of these people did come out. They did say that now they're going to become very quiet that we're learning now that we're learning who the suspect is. That's exactly what happened with uh, with, uh, uh, with Boulder. In fact, now, Andy No posts about the, the suspect here. And I just want to point out uh, one of uh, a couple other things. He says in his last Instagram post before the attack, he wrote the U.S. government is the number one enemy of black people. We are very much seeing leftist identitarianism, and it's reaching extreme levels. When it comes to Antifa and Black Lives Matter, we've long seen what I refer to as like blunt force extremism in that the attacks they engaged in weren't the the most violent, most violent or most lethal, but they were consistent and there were several instances of them. So when when these riots start and they burn down buildings and they cause massive destruction, the loss of life is extensive across the country. But the media, as I mentioned, deferential. When it comes to these these mass shooters, these are high profile, very acute instances where everyone's attention is, is, is just grabbed instantly. So when you're dealing with endless Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence, but the on average, you know, they're punching people and they're beating people, that stuff doesn't become national news. Now, as things become hyperpolarized, this may be a one off. And hopefully this is just some some sick man and, and that's the end of it. But it may be that things are going to get even worse from this. I know maybe it's a bit pessimistic for me to say, but I can already see the demands that we ban guns over this, that we reinstate security around the Capitol, lock it down, send to the National Guard. Now, a lot of these people were saying this before they realized this shooter was actually a black nationalist. But we have this tweet from Rep. Ilhan Omar. She said the death toll would have been worse if the assailant had an AR-15 instead of a knife. She's completely unrelated to what happened. But there's already efforts from many people to weaponize this. So I don't know what, what you guys think. It's, it's always hard to kind of segue into a conversation where we're dealing with such serious, 
uh, news topics and, you know, kind of this hyperpolarization. But I suppose considering, you know, we've all talked about this. I'm curious your thoughts, Julie, on the hyperpolarization, the conflict, the security state and, you know, everything's been going on. Sure. I think there's absolutely a double standard. You know, a few weeks ago when that guy who happened to be white shot up the Atlanta spas, people automatically said, oh, this is a white supremacist terrorist. Maybe we don't know, but they were quick to jump on that. We don't really know his intentions. Maybe he was a sex addict. We don't know if it was Asian or not Asian. If it was just like him going after these women for being women and tempting him. We don't know. But as soon as he did it, it was like white supremacist, terrorist. But now this guy, who is, we know he's a nation of Islam, which is a black supremacist, very racist group, like everyone thinks they're racist. That's not a controversial thing. This guy went to the Capitol with a knife. He killed a police officer. And they're saying, oh, there's no terrorism. There's no, we, we see no evidence of terrorism. Like, it's been a few hours, people. Like, wouldn't you have to investigate that? Spend a few minutes, maybe. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, he was an Islam he was the Nation of Islam guy, so therefore it's not terrorism. We don't want to, like, offend people. You know, we don't want to say, you know, make people uncomfortable. It's like, come what? on, it's a few hours. You know what's interesting is uh, when when that when that tragedy happened in Atlanta, the I, I believe it was the police, I'm not sure, they said it wasn't race-related, right? So I, I, here's what I find interesting. They came out and said, no, no, it wasn't. He, he, was a, he was a sex addict. Two of the victims were white. But even you point out, we, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. We need an investigation. A lot of people on the left immediately said it was a race thing. Even when, when the police come out and say it's not now, I know, uh, well, maybe, maybe it's a bit unfair for me to say this, but I'll speculate and I'd be willing to bet on this. The left is immediately going to change their tune and say it wasn't terror. It was a disturbed young man. And that's the game they'll play. Mm-hmm. Unless they want to ban guns. You know, I, I think it's, it's ridiculous that Ilhan Omar was like, what if he had a gun? What if he had a tank? I don't know. It's ridiculous. This is, this is a tragedy. You mm-hmm. can speculate whatever you want. But they're going to they're going to do it because it's an excuse to gain power. Absolutely. But he had a knife. He brought a knife to a gunfight. He got killed. That was dumb. It was a poor <laughs> strategy, Tim. Well, could it be suicide by cop? It's possible. Did yeah. he ram? He rammed somebody with his car. Is that right? I, I guess he, he rammed through the barricade. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used a car and a knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what gets me about this this Georgia thing? Is it with Georgia? Is that where he, the guy murdered six in the, in the in the spas? Yeah. Like they'll do if they're gonna do like tests or like investigations, and then in a year and a month they're like, ah, okay, we figured out if he was racist. We figured out he wasn't racist. Like, what difference does it make? That guy murdered six people. He was deranged. Eight and eight like, people, I think. Eight yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It was terrifying. You want to call it terror or not terror? It, it was terrifying for those people. It maybe, maybe it wasn't political terror. What's the difference, man? This is, I, I agree. It's like hate crimes, right? Mm. Where they're like, we're going to, we're going to investigate your, your thought process before you committed a crime. It's like, dude, hitting someone's illegal. Like the reason why you did it, you did it. You know what I mean? The action is illegal. I can't read your mind. And they try to infer as to, as to what you were thinking. One of the biggest re- reasons I have a problem with terror laws and hate crime laws is that they're going to be selectively used. In this instance, they're already saying it wasn't terror. Well, dude was a black nationalist who posted on Instagram that the American government is the enemy of black people. What's, are you kidding me? And they're going to be like, no. Look, I don't care if they do or don't. Just keep it consistent. I think this guy committed a crime. That's enough. Let me see if I got this straight. So this guy was on Facebook and Instagram posting about how much he hated the U.S. government. And then he went to Washington, D.C. 
and rammed into the Capitol fence. And they're calling this definitely not terrorism. That's an act of political. Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm? Yeah. I'm it not. is an act of political yes. terror. I'm not. I don't support these like terror laws where you throw people in Gitmo because of the way they were thinking when they did the crime. Right. He's from Indiana. He went to D.C. Mm-hmm. What was he in D.C. for? Was he in school? Or I don't know. He was yeah. Making I'm a political statement. Yes. Maybe. For sure. Maybe. Why would you go to D.C.? Uh, that's a good point, Lydia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So Glenn Glenn Greenwald called this out. We have this post yeah. from Politico. The suspect was not known to Capitol Police or D.C. police officials said Robert Conti, the acting D.C. police chief, said the incident does not appear to be terrorism related and there was no indication of a nexus to a member of Congress. Glenn Greenwald responded, on what basis did the police pronounce the Capitol attack does not appear to be terror, uh, terrorism related? How was it remotely possible to determine the mode of the attacker this early, which, by the way, is what determines whether an act of violence is or is not terror? Politics. It's politics. Yeah. It's how, how long did it take before they finally banned uh, Farrakhan off all these social media platforms? I wasn't following. What? I don't know. They got rid of all the white nationalists. Farrakhan was allowed to stay on. Twitter allowed him to say things that were overtly anti-Semitic. And he's a supremacist, a uh, racial supremacist. Yes. Just happens to be a different if race. You, if I you guess. took quotes from Farrakhan <laughs> and in any instance of the word black, you just swapped out white, you'd probably confuse people because they think it was Hitler. Just absolutely. Yeah. And and so I'll, I'll say this. He should be allowed to be on Twitter. He should be allowed to say what he wants to say. Good. Because when he was saying this stuff, we all saw it. And now when the New York Times brings it up, we know it. And when we see the suspect, we know what he believed and who he followed. And that's creepy, creepy stuff. Good to know. Yeah, absolutely. But think about what happens when they ban this guy. The only reason the New York Times is like they, they repeatedly promoted anti-Semitism is because of the news stories that erupted. When Farrakhan would post these things or when these videos would come out, you get rid of that speech, you get rid of that, you know, that ability to share information. And we'd be wondering, like, who's Farrakhan? I don't know what this is. It was a religious fellow. I think racists should expose themselves. Let them talk. We'll judge them, hold them accountable. But yeah, don't ban them from stuff. I want to see what they want to say. You know, I think the issue, though, is that these like the ultra woke people, they're the racists, Mm. you know, they and they do a really good job of masquerading as the not racists, you know, going around telling everybody that they're anti-racist. They got, they got that book. Was it anti-racist baby? Oh yeah. Kids books that are being made and tell the kids how to be a, you know, a cult member and things like that. Well, they, they go around naming their cult anti-racists. And it, it reminds me of the Simpsons when, uh, Homer's telling the story about when he's a kid and they had the no homers club. And then he's like, but you let in that other Homer. And they're like, we're allowed to have one. Like they made the name specifically to address something they were, you know, didn't want anti-racist. And then they go around literally discriminating based on race and encouraging overt, hardcore identitarianism and anti-Semitism. And I'm just like, man, there's so many well-to-do liberals that are so obsessed with social justice narratives. They overlook the fact that black nationalist anti-Semites exist in large numbers with a massive following. And they're sitting here going like, but what about Trump supporters? What about them? We're going to do wave a little American flag around. I get it. The people at the Capitol, there's a decent amount of people that went crazy and stormed the Capitol. That was bad. But you compare that to everything we've seen and the, and the strength of the movement from things like, uh, you know, Farrakhan. It's just not even a question. But that stuff's just, they ignore all that. This actually seems to be a prevalent thing in the African-American community, because if you look at the attacks, well, if you look at the attacks on Jewish people in New York City, a uh, majority of them are done by a certain ethnic minority. Shh. 
I know, I know, I know. You can't say it, but you can look at the videos and you can be like, oh my gosh, this is like actually a problem in their community. And I wonder if that is the influence of um, the, you know, the nation of Islam. I don't know. I think think that's why the Atlanta spa shooting got so much outrage because it was a white dude. And I think they were secretly happy that it was a white person to say, oh, these white people hate Asian people. Honestly, I've never met a white person that hates Asian people. I love Asian people. Right. I wish they would move in next to, to me. I want my kid to go to their schools. I love Asian people. I think it could be a problem in the black community. Uh, I've heard there's tensions between the Asians moving in and having like stores they're and successful. like liquor stores and convenience stores. Uh, and they yeah. think they're taking away, they're making profits off the black people. I don't know. That's not my community, but I've heard there's tension there. But they want to focus on, oh, these white people hate Asian people. I don't think that's really a huge thing. It's when you look at the rules of YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, you're allowed to disparage white people. Yeah. Yeah, Like outright. Like they've even talked about how I think I can't remember which platform it was. They said, you know, you're allowed to make disparaging comments on traditionally non-marginalized groups of people or whatever. Like we know what that means. And so, you know, thinking back to like old comedy, it was always safe to be like, oh, okay, white people, you know, you white could, people crazy. Yeah, you, yeah, can make yeah. Fun, you can make fun of them. <laughs> and I understand the, 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 the idea behind it, right? Mm-hmm. The left would tell you it's like, oh, there's white privilege. Yeah. And because of that, you're punching up, which is fine, but punching down is wrong. But that means because of these rules, you can't have very real conversations that are, that are important. You mentioned the gentrification problem. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely very prominent within left-wing activist circles and uh, within Black Lives Matter. For instance, uh, and, and to, cl- to clarify too, what Asian means in many of these communities is not like Chinese or Japanese. It's Indian as well. It's Middle Eastern. So when I was in Ferguson, they burned down a gas station during the Michael Brown riots. And I interviewed some of the people there. Why did you burn down this gas station? You know they said? Because the Asian guy comes here and he buys a gas station in our neighborhood. Why is he making money off of us? He doesn't live here. So they burn it down. We broadcast that. That was on Vice. That's on YouTube. I mean, I don't know if they still have it up, but that's what they said. So there's very much racial tensions. When I was in Milwaukee during uh, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, uh, um, rioting, they straight up were yelling, get the white people, F the white people. And and an 18-year-old white kid got shot in the neck. I grew up watching this stuff, and it's no surprise to me. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, when I mentioned that I did, a, I did a video saying I wasn't going to be covering what was going on in Milwaukee at the time because of the racial tensions. And I was like, for someone they perceive to be white, it's dangerous. You know, this kid got shot in the neck. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stick around. It's remarkable. I did that video because I think I had like 20,000 subscribers. And there are people who follow me and they wanted me to post videos from what was going on on the ground. And I said, I'm not going to do it. And here's why. And it was just to my followers. Well, the video ended up going viral and getting shared by a bunch of conservatives who are like, oh, look at this. This is, you know, proof of something. And the left was like, Tim Pool only did that to grift. I'm like, to who? My 20,000 followers who I know and follow <laughs> and comment. Yeah. This is, it's crazy. How dare you make money? Mm-hmm. Well, but it, yeah, right. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's insane how like these things are real and the, these racial tensions mm-hmm. exist. And there's absolutely racism in the black community, in the Asian community, in, in, the, in the Latino community, in the white community. Towards each other as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, Asians. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Hispanic people talk about each other. It's, <laughs> it's just gossip. Yeah. yeah. That level, but I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like there's kind of like I feel like we're in a cultural uh, the, the left is in a cultural Mexican standoff. Yeah. Where 
they're all just there's just like piranhas everywhere. These these culture warriors ready to cancel you the moment you say something that's cancelable. So no one will have honest conversations about their communities or other communities or racism because they'll get canceled the moment they do. I hope I get canceled, though, because Dr. Seuss got canceled and his books are up, up, oh, yeah. up, up, up. Right. <laughs> I have children's books. I hope I get canceled so I can go top. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. What are your, what are your, what are your children, children's books? I have two children's books. It's a uh, first one is Nobody Knows How to Make a Pizza. It's based on Litter and Reed's Eye Pencil, but I made it for kids about pizza. Awesome. Yeah, it talks about, you know, division of labor, spontaneous order, all those economic oh, terms. Oh, cool. Yeah. So but there's like, no central planner making this pizza. It's people all over the world doing the cool. tomatoes and the cheese. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no one person who grows tomatoes, farms dairy, yeah. and wheat, wheat yeah. oregano, and then brings it all together with sugar. It's all mm-hmm. different farms and different... Yeah, you think cheese pizza is really simple, but it's it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder if uh, somewhere someone's actually decided to make a pizza farm. Like, let me just make all the things. We got cows, we got tomatoes. I think you guys could do it. We could, <laughs> I don't yeah, know about us. on it, yeah. No. <laughs> it's a lot of work for pizza. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, uh, so I'll, I'll, going back to the more serious conversation, sure. I suppose... The left is all, they're, they're all staring at each other. And they, they, I feel like most of these people, actually, let me stop. Leaked video came out. I just saw this on Twitter. A teacher, one of these teachers in LA, you know, they, they do this woke stuff, mm-hmm. apparently forgot to turn off Zoom and then went on like a racist tirade Yikes. about this other, this other black family and the way that she perceived black people and the way they acted. It was, it was crazy to hear this. And people are sharing this being like, these are the people teaching your kids woke critical race theory Ooh. trash. Spicy. overtly racist they know they're racist they're pretending not to be racist but they're super racist and then it's really funny because then you'll get black lives matter being like yo these white people are racist and we're like stop saying everyone's racist but they're literally pointing to these like urban leftist you know critical race theorist people too and i'm like yeah okay well you know th- those they're people racist, are racist yeah for sure but that's what that's what that's, that's what they're like behind the scenes and they don't say it. So I feel like they're all sitting there. Like, it's like that, uh, a Key and Peel segment where they're, where he's sweating like crazy, <laughs> just like standing there. And that's what all the, like many of these racist leftists are doing, waiting for one person to just say the wrong word. W- Wimix in. Ah! An X. How dare you? That's offensive. Women. Aha. I got you now. And they're all just hitting each other. Hmm. So they don't have any real conversations about stuff. I think it's, I think it's intentional. I've, I've been, today has been very exhausting mm-hmm. in that. If you look at what's happening across the world, when we'll probably talk about it later, Crimea, um, in China with Hong Kong and Taiwan, uh, Russia and Ukraine, like now they have the Americans all stuck in this paralyzed fear state. So like, we're not going to get involved. That's what they want. If there's going to be an invasion of, of Crimea and Ukraine by the Russians and an invasion of Taiwan and Hong Kong by the Chinese, they don't want the United States to react in a cohesive manner. Mm-hmm. And if this is the stuff we're focused on, we're not going to. Bingo. Yeah. It feels like. In many ways, the establishment has just decided, okay, wokeness is our is our path, I suppose. What, which it feels that way because from the intelligence agencies to the military, even the embracing, like the chief diversity officer or whatever, yeah. or the Pentagon. <laughs> Amazing. You kidding me? Cancel. Why would there be a movement, an effort in the federal government to divide this country? What's why, that sign? Why would why would the Americans be intentionally dividing themselves? It could either be outside influence or it could be a form of like cultural apoptosis where like one cell is no longer needed in a system. It destroys itself. So like if the United States has become vestigial in, if, in the human experience that we're just we're just ending our own experience. For I, don't, us. I don't I don't think so. I, hope not. It, I, I, could, I would say this. I'm just saying what it could if, be. If this yeah. is the case, uh, we're conquered. Exactly. It, but OK, 
listen, people say, oh, I hate division. I hate division. I want you to be unified. But people, I think, secretly love division. I make commentary. If I make it very divisive, people will eat that up. People love to see their enemies, you know, <laughs> we talk, yeah, yeah, to own the libs. We got to own the libs and all that. Thing. I think people like the vision. I think they like to see their enemies hurting. They want war. They want conflict yeah. of some sort because people, people strive for purpose. They just, they want something. Yeah, but our, our, we're supposed to own the communists. Hmm. It's supposed to be like own the commies, yeah. you know, make that anti-commie stuff and then make fun of the communists and the concentration camps. Instead, we're ripping at each other. So if, if, if these other countries engage in some kind of conflict, if we really do escalate in the South China Sea or, or in Eastern Europe, the U.S. Is, is everyone's fighting each other. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is we, we need to be like, hey, everyone in America, we come together and we respect each other. We're all Americans first. We're not this race first or this identity first. Instead, the, the, the prevailing ideology that's infected all of our institutions from the news media to schools and now the military is divide everybody up based on immutable characteristics and some other self-identified characteristics so that we are as fractured as possible. Okay, I'm sorry. Like any strategist is going to be like, that's a terrible idea. So that when conflict arises, we're too busy fighting ourselves. You know, they want in, as infantry, they want you like an infant. They want your mind clear. Oh, they don't want you to have yeah. all this social order. Don't, don't pull an of... AOC on me. There's a surge at the border. They're not insurgents. Not Infantile. They yeah, want to yeah, wipe yeah. your mind clean of your past identity and make a new one that is synonymous with all others. And that's why you're part of this infant, this infant no, infantry. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I just, look, you're born and you're birthed into the port. The people who are fighting in a conflict who are unified, who know who, who's on their side and knows what they're fighting for. And often we have corrupt officials and, and institutions and uh, governments that manipulate the, the goodwill of the people who are willing to fight and lay their lives down for, for, for the right cause. They get manipulated and they get exploited. And that's kind of what America has been doing for quite some time, especially in the past several decades. But, uh, but, but I, I have tremendous respect for those that are willing to do that. The problem is the, the, the corrupted system. More importantly, however, when I, when I see the Pentagon chief diversity officer and he got canceled because he had racist <laughs> comments or something i don't amazing. know amazing like we're 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 we're, we're infected you know what i mean like we're, we're fractured there's no coming back from this is there no you can't convince the cultists to, to abandon the cult they no, go there's insane. no coming back from this we altered the globe the way humans will interact forever yeah i thought maybe a silver lining of covid was like people coming together you know no the complete opposite of that happened we had a common enemy here covid and still nope what I, what I absolutely love about the COVID thing, too, in terms of division, is that conservatives initially were like, you should wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And it was Fauci and the Surgeon General who were like, no, no, no. Oh. And conservatives <laughs> were like, don't listen. Don't listen. And then it switched. <laughs> and then what happened? Now the conservatives <laughs> are the ones who are like, ah. And the, and the left is like, we're three. I, I was consistent on that. Okay. There you go. Listen, <laughs> there you go. When the CDC and Fossey was saying, oh, don't wear, don't wear a mask. There's no need to. I was saying, you are liars. You can were check you, my yes. Twitter. Mm -hmm. Were you and selling Gadsden flag masks? I was selling That'd them, but cool. later. <laughs> later, later, later. Okay. And then they switched their mind. It was really because they didn't want people to hoard masks. They were liars. And that was terrible because now people are not listening to them on vaccines or anything because they're liars. However... I still said, hey, wearing a mask is a good idea. Fauci admitted this. Uh, but, in an interview, he said, we didn't want people to buy up all the masks when the yeah. medical professionals needed them first. 
Yeah, so they're a bunch of liars, but now there's a bunch of libertarians say, oh, you're, you believe in these government conspiracies because you want to wear a mask. It's like, man, I'm consistent on this issue. <laughs> like, I'm not a child. There's such a juvenile thing. Like, if the government says something, I'm going to do the opposite. Well, a lot of times that is true, but not all the time. Like, use your brain, not just like reactionary, juvenile. Blah. I got, I got hit up by somebody when all this started going down with, with COVID and, they were like, yo, the government said you don't need masks. Quick, buy a bunch. And I'm like, is it, uh, you know what, man? It's, 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 it's so predictable. <laughs> a bunch of the, the libertarian type people I know are like, I don't trust the government. They're saying don't. I better buy one. Yeah. And then when the government says to do one, they're like, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm That's just like, dumb. Okay. <laughs> it's called obstinance. Yes, it it's is. very yeah. dangerous. <laughs> you can't Being tell me child. what to do. Yeah. It just, now, I'll oh. tell you that, like, I tweeted, wear 12 masks, and they got, like, 3,000 <laughs> retweets. Yes. Like, uh, just wear 12. And people were like, mm, I don't know, 13. It's like, look, I picked an arbitrary number that box. was stupid. Yeah. You know? I actually have, a, have an idea. We should do this for, like, a bonus thing for the website. Just put on as many masks as we can. See how many we can put yeah, on. Yeah, just keep yeah. putting on masks. <laughs> breathe anymore. Until... You're like, I can. <laughs> keep going. That's huge. Yeah, I don't know. You might get to a point where you're like... <laughs> Too many masks. Yeah, like twelve <laughs> might be the limit, I suppose. Masks I know, on yeah. your elbows, on your ears. That's I mean, right, your ears too, yeah. or have gas canals oh, in them yeah. too. Do you need to mask yeah. your ears eyes? as well? Got to cover your eyes. No, just your mouth. Just oh, your nose. Your, put your a pillowcase over your head. There you go. Mm-hmm. You can Plus still breathe through it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you say, "I saw a commercial for those big spaceman helmets." <laughs> that we the one have. that we have. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, like really right. taking it seriously. Oh gosh, of course they are. We have it right. Put your money where your mouth is, Julie. Here you go. You put it on. Oh, yeah. You're going to be <laughs> healthier when that's over. <laughs> don't act. You don't have to put it down. You have Are you going to do oh, it? Oh, I was really going to do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they're great. It's got, yeah. it's it's got, it's got a, an electric filter in it. I wanted to try it. Yeah, yeah, well, you can try yeah, it if you yeah. want. I'll try it after. Okay. I was so excited for these things. Thing. So cool. Yeah, it's just infinitely more comfortable wearing the space helmet than it is Andy wearing a mask. I will say, as much as as goofy as I think it is, it's not uncomfortable. I mean, it is uncomfortable because it's big and heavy. On I got to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to wear that. You know why? I got allergies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's got like a HEPA filter or whatever. Yeah, two of them. I can Cut walk onions. around outside and I won't sneeze. Oh, and y'all be jealous. We're displaying the mask. Right. And dude, my allergies are bad, man. Really? It's like, yeah, because all the trees are exploding and it's basically you're getting all this... <laughs> This tree spunk up in your business. True, I cut back on like, sugar and stopped it does getting help. allergies. That helps, yeah. It I, I like it, it. My allergies are gone. I used to get horrible uh, pollen allergies. I started drinking water, cut out soda. Water? Yep. Yeah, and, and I'm help. no longer am allergic to pollen. I can I, smell it. If I take a huge whiff of pollen, I'll feel it tickle the back of my throat still, but it's like dehydration. It dehydrates the, the nasal folds. So I drink water. It kind of absorbs the pollen. I read on this website that if you eat worms, like, oh, yeah. like parasites, then you'll get cured of your allergies. Oh it, maybe it maybe it was just one of those crackpot hippy dippy websites, but what it was saying was that actually I probably saw this on Reddit because I don't read any crackpot hippy dippy websites. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was basically saying that you have two different immune systems, I suppose, one for parasites and one for pathogens or something. Oh, oh interesting. But because we've cured ourselves and like eliminated parasites for the most part from our diets, we just have this like crazy immune system. That could just be a bunch of bunk nonsense from Reddit. Probably hmm. I don't know. Maybe someone knows better, so <laughs> Did they can you tell try me. It? No, not me. But uh, you know, back in the day, they used to like like diet like tapeworms for diets. Uh, you would yeah, like take the pills. Oh, is that, is wow. that true? That's true. I think so. I'm, I'm, I, I, I looked that up. Yeah, yeah I don't I'm know. <laughs> yeah, and it was like tapeworms. Well, you'll lose weight quick. Oh, they used boy. to bleed people to try yeah, and heal true. them of illness. They yeah, cut yeah, their yeah, yeah. cut their legs and and get Dude, out the bad yeah, blood. Yeah, Do you remember that product from like the the 2000s where you would take a pill and then you couldn't digest fat ah, and yes. you just crap it out? I remember that. So gross. Maybe. Was that, um, I remember a lot of diet pills in the yeah. 80s. 
Word. And it's like you would your it would cause your body to not digest fat. And so you would just like expel it. It was like Dex something. Yeah, Dex something. Yeah, I Do don't know. That? No, I think you know, I thought you said you said something earlier that I thought was kind of profound is that people need conflict. I do think they need conflict. I think people secretly like conflict. Hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, you, have you guys seen Wonder Woman? Not yeah. the new one, the new one with uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah. No, 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 not 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 1984, like no. the good one that oh, came okay. out. The actual good one. Oh, yeah. Where so so that's basically it. Like she thinks that if she defeats the God of War Ares, the war will stop. And then Chris Pine's character is like, dude, people fight, man. Like, yeah. there's conflict. You can't do anything about it. And then it's like Ares, all he does is whisper in the ear. He doesn't make the war. He just, you know, nudges people in the right direction to, you know, excite that conflict. And like, if he wasn't around and it just built and built and built, then it might explode into some some oh, no. giant gorilla conflict. I'm going to move this gorilla. But oh. some giant, like, life-ending conflict. So maybe a little bit of conflict frequently is healthier than... Letting it build bottle, up, bottle it up, it didn't just automatic. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Relation. I mean, that's just part of why relationships, I think, are out. like. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're married. That's yeah. that's being in a being in relationships. A lot of like people love that. That and that comes. Yeah. With conflict. You know what I found today? The rage rooms are coming. Where What's you that? go into a break room, stuff. you break stuff. Yes. It's kind of like, you know, like escape rooms are coming to thing. There's rage room now where you have a hammer and they let you break whatever you want in this room. Interesting. So you get some stress out. Yeah, that would be COVID related stress. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. I think it's cool. I play a lot of games to get my, my conflict resolution out of my system sometimes, yeah. but it's not, not really physical. It's mostly mental. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know about this rage room. Yeah, thing. that's fascinating. Yeah, we got There's this. I just pulled Baltimore, this up from uh, NBC. Why oh, yeah. a rage room might be the key to venting your bottled frustration, <laughs> but rage rooms are not appropriate treatment for everybody. No, I, I couldn't handle that. That's crazy to me. That's That'd chaotic. make it even worse. Yeah, yeah. They I would say- not enjoy breaking stuff and like going out like that. Really? Yeah. I kind of would. <laughs> I don't. Know, okay, you know, everybody's everybody's got their own different way of doing things. They they actually yeah. say about catharsis that it's not necessarily good. It can make things worse. You know, one of the things that I'm starting to wonder during the course of this conversation yeah. is that maybe because we're not in relationships, we're not married, and we don't have families, we <laughs> don't, don't want to break. I mean, stuff yeah, you, it's not that you don't want to break stuff, but you don't have like the rock tumbler effect of being in a long term relationship where you're just kind of like knocking the rough edges off the other person constantly, and they're doing the same for you, and maybe that bleeds to our emotions being bottled up and it's yelling at each other no i i was just i was just thinking that um because of something you said mm-hmm. earlier when you were talking about just being busy with your family because it's something we've absolutely heard from a lot of other guests and a lot of our friends where it's like oh man you know with the the school like we've been so wrapped up i haven't been following the news all that much you know because i got two kids or whatever that's what i hear a lot of and so i'm thinking right now you know what would end the culture war Seriously, just end the protests. Make some babies. Yeah. Get yes. something to do. Because then they would have no choice but You'd to be, be so wrapped busy. up in yeah. family. Yeah. And, and Nothing that, else matters. Just your family. Yeah. They'd be productive. They'd be working and they'd be the occupied. Yeah. Idle hands are the devil's playground. Correct. But I suppose we should say idle <laughs> nethers <laughs> yes. are the devil's playground. Idle Funny. Um, Get it um, done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, going. but I, I guess that's not the issue. I think, you know, people actually know that is the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say maybe people are still hooking up, but they're not. They're not having babies. No, 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 no. They're not even hooking up. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, like yeah. overwhelmingly Gen Z is just like, Oof. 
Yeah, right. just a bunch of prudes. Yeah. No, 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 no. They can't. Yeah. COVID. Can't. I think yeah. of chemical castration, not really castration, but like all these weird new food chemicals mm, that get added possibly, and created yeah. in laboratories, you know, all these new sugars, sucralose, Drugs, aspartame, yeah. high fructose. And, and yeah, but it's making look, people's sex drive go down. We've heard testosterone sperm levels. Of, count. Yeah, for yeah sure. but, but Ian, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so you, yeah. go, you go on these things about sugar, and then you make the assumption that these things relate to these other problems. When if better. you actually look at the data, the reason for this has a lot to do with social media and oh, yeah, dating websites. Porn. All of it together. Yes. And porn. porn. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Now COVID. But yeah. it was even before COVID, but COVID now. It's like, oh, I can't even. That person's might be Oh, well, be that's tainted. illegal in the UK. So what? Uh, uh, dating in the UK. Is it really? Yeah. What yeah, it's a crime. You can't have sex in the UK. It's illegal. What? what? It is. Let me, gotta, let me repeat this. It is a crime in the UK. To have sex with a person. Is that including Brit, all the Commonwealth? Unless just... you're in a relationship with him, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think what Car- the... Car- Carl Wait, Benjamin this, this is headline news What to me. is happening? How are they enforcing that? <laughs> right, <huh>? seriously. <laughs> I saw where they suggested... Yeah, 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 yeah Reuters. It's from June 2nd. What? This is from last year. What? British government faces mockery over coronavirus sex ban. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. too. Oh, there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, For keeping people that? safe. Under amendments well, introduced to English nice rules on Monday, no person may participate in a <laughs> gathering which takes place in public or private and consists of two or more persons. Britain ta- Britain's tabloid media cast it as the bonking ban. <laughs> what this it. is is about making sure we don't have people staying away from home at night. Uh-huh. So two <laughs> or more people. So two people can't be alone together That's is what right. they're saying legally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like... Look at this. Like, put the, the Google thing. Yeah, yeah. October, Reuters. UK bans sex between Jeez. government aid workers. October 16th, sex ban. England's COVID tears. October 25th, UK's sex ban explained. Corona- June 4th, coronavirus sex ban. What the Dude, heck? it is like the January UK has gone yeah. like fewer, fuel, fuel, uh, whoa, whoa. Has gone full. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> full. No sex for you. No sex. <laughs> wow. Jeez. All Could the- you imagine if like Joe Biden came out and was like, my fellow Americans. We're making sex illegal. There'd be riots. Come on, man. There'd be riots. Huge riots. <laughs> Dude, this is so, it's creepy, isn't it? That is dystopian. It's, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shattered. <laughs> <laughs> it I'm might horrified. sound how hyperbolic. I'm not literally, I don't think I'm shattered, but my DNA is shattering. Piece. Yeah. What like I feel shaken with so this weird. news of, of Russia and, and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And then this mm-hmm. social war thing is mm-hmm. like. I don't know what to do. Hmm. I, I could have sworn I read something that, I, that was sent to me by uh, Carl Benjamin, where it was like the UK says you can't have sex with somebody, and then also it was just like some high gov- high ranking government official was telling people to just go like crank it out themselves. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah. I read some good recommendations where you're supposed to watch your partner jerk off in front of you, but not get close to him. Oh, for, for, okay. Yeah, that was a recommendation from the government. That's weird. We're not family friendly on Friday night. I yeah, I'm not. sorry. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I brought it up. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's like <laughs> the ultimate authoritarianism, I suppose. That yeah. if like we're like yeah. social media is a problem. It's it's making young people not have families. And then suddenly we're like, oh. and then they have no purpose. <laughs> yes, it's true. You know what's really funny? Is it because I don't have kids? See, it's my own fault. Uh, I've been talking about how millennials and the, and the, the, the these generations have no purpose. So I did this video a while back about you know how Jordan P- Peterson provided purpose to many young men. Mm-hmm. Find the heaviest thing you can carry and carry it, and then wokeness was the purpose for these leftists. So you had these young people who are sitting there like, 
why am I alive? And then like hitting themselves in the head screaming. And so they searched for anything. And some people found wokeness. Mm -hmm. It's almost, it's almost like you you guys ever watch Underworld? Yeah. No. You never seen it? You know, where like the, 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 the Corvid, what is it called? The, the cor- uh, yeah, I, Corvinus. That, I yeah, yeah. It's like basically this dude's I got this like it. immortality <laughs> thing, and then one son's bitten by a bat, and one son's bitten by a wolf, and then it creates the two different oh, tribes, yeah. the werewolves and the vampires. Actions. So you have these people who like oh. drift into one tribe or the other, SJW, anti-SJW, because they're trying to find some purpose in their lives. And, you know, like, like, I, like I mentioned, Jordan Peterson provided purpose to a lot of these young men. The left absolutely hated it. But then I realized that, you know, my, my perspective was lacking because I don't have kids. The real purpose missing from these people's lives is family. Yes. Just outright. The, the People before these generations didn't have idle hands, weren't desperate for a purpose. They had kids. No, they had like 10 kids. Yeah. yeah. My great-grandmother had 12 kids. I'm like, whoa, yes. how do you do that? No, it's crazy. Now I it's frowned one. upon. Yeah. How's your life changed? Like, how, what, how different is it? What, what, what have you, how's your social perception changed since you've been raising a family or raising children, a child? Uh, the world scares the crap out of me. Oh. What aspects of it? Just what kind of future my son is going to be into and how, how can I change that? And I think I've changed my commentary a lot, um, where I've been, you know, I want to make a difference, a positive difference in people's lives where before, you know, I was a little bit trolly. I'm still a little bit trolly. But I feel like I want to make an impact in the world because for my son and hopefully future children's sake, I'm also scared of pedophiles. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's so many out there. Creepy people. Yeah, the, Epstein, the Epstein thing was a conspiracy theory. It was a conspiracy theory for years. Until and Alex Jones was mocked hmm. relentlessly for talking about these things. And then Mike Cernovich and a reporter in from the, I think the Miami Herald, I'm not sure, started filing lawsuits. They, I think they then joined. I could be getting the story wrong, but they were both very much going after these files. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, this is real. This happened. You know, the documents were there and you were called crazy if you said that these high profile people like Harvey Weinstein, for instance, granted he's a bit different, but still these like, ex- ex- like these are extreme instances of uh, s- severe predation mm-hmm. and you were a conspiracy theorist it wasn't true huh. even though like the fun the crazy thing is like seth mcfarlane family guy jokes would make fun of kevin spacey mm-hmm. and harvey weinstein Dang and you. you were wondering like what do these people actually know in these industries so 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 definitely but i i also wonder if i, I don't know just what can you do for your son's future you know what i mean i, I mm-hmm. let, let me let me let me get more um nuanced I hear a lot from people who have kids where they're like, I have to make sure I'm around for my kids, but then they're willing to sacrifice the bigger picture for the, for the, for, for their kids. You know what I mean? Like they're willing to say, I'll forego this conflict and risking myself to fight for these ideas because it's better that I can be there for my kids to give them food mm-hmm. than it is that I defend the future. Yeah. So I don't know what, yeah, what's, what do you, what do you think? What are you going to do? You seem to be. What am I going to do? Yeah, are you gonna? What about you, it? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much a stay at home mom. I think I I sacrificed some stuff to be a stay at home mom, but I think it's absolutely worth it. Uh, I think I heard an interview before from a hospice nurse, and she said, "What is people's biggest regret on their deathbeds?" And they say, "I didn't spend enough time with my family." She says she'd always heard it from men, but in recent years she's heard it more from oh, women. No. 
who chose to have a career and, you know, send their kids off to daycare. And I understand some people have to do that. Some people do not have the financial means. I understand that I am privileged in that sense. However, if I have the option to be a stay-at-home mom and be there with my kids, then I will take that. Uh, so I think that I, I, it's worth it. I think just that I have influence over my child and it isn't just a stranger who's raising them, whose ideology I may not agree with and who may be out of his life. And I'm always going to be there. I was going to ask, are you going to send him to public school? That's a decision we have not made okay. yet. Okay. Um, but he's, he's only three. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am homeschooling him, I suppose, even though, you yeah. know, he's learning his colors and numbers and the dinosaurs. He oh, knows quite a few cookie. of those. <laughs> have you given him any skateboards? Should give him a skateboard. Yeah, he, he actually has a, a scooter. Ooh. All right, I guess. Okay. He has like a dinosaur <laughs> helmet with spikes on nice. it. Oh, cool. I like that. That's punk. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, uh, you know, growing up skateboarding, there would always be these scooter kids at the skate park and skateboarders were so annoyed because they'd get in the way and didn't, didn't know what they were doing. But I'll tell you the craziest thing is like, I see the scooter kid at the skate park and I'm like, oh, these scooter kids, man, like they're always in the way. I get it. They're kids. They're here. They're playing. It's fine. But their parents got to tell them about like teaching about etiquette and stuff. Then it's like four years later and the scooter kid is now like 15 and he's doing backflips and like launching, (laughs) you know, 10 feet in the air. And I'm like, damn, (laughs) the scooter kid's good now. It's rad. Like now it's fun to watch. So yeah, scooter's cool. No, I think definitely physical activity, mental activity. And I'd say, dude, if it were me, don't put him in school, man. It's tough that having, having, having your kid understand the system from within it is probably really important, but it can only be done with your guidance outside of the school. Absolutely. Like for me, I went to grade school and they, you know, they fill your head with complete bunk garbage. And then I would go home and have my mom be like, that's not true. She'd set you straight. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. And then I realized like, I realized what the system was and, and sort of, but I was very young. But I was like, oh, okay. So this is not entirely legitimate. And so I would see how the system worked, but was constantly being reminded from outside of it what the system was. Also, I started working for my family's business when I was like nine or 10 years old because we had a family, we had a family cafe. And then you hear real conversations from real adults. You deal with real money and you have real experience in the real world. You go to school and everything's so trivial and nonsensical, you know? Yeah. I think parental involvement is number one. I grew up going to government schools, but I had a family who's more conservative. My grandfather was a huge influence on me. He was more of a libertarian type. And he would tell me, you know, just kiss their butt, get an A, and then just everything they say, go out the other ear. (laughs) That's good. That's good. So, yeah. It is a lot like military academy, like public school. Sit down, wait for the bell to ring, raise your hand, don't speak out of line, you know, stand up. Uh, dress some places have dress codes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if sending kids off to military school at the age of four or five is wise. I don't know about it's military pre, school, pre-military school. Let's call it like pre-K. No, I think having uh, uh, good parents, school. a good, good balance between key. between masculine, feminine, and physical activity and and, and mental activity. Having uh, a strong father and mother who can provide a good balance of you know perspective. Suppose not everybody gets that, though. You got to be lucky. Are you going to have a dad who's like a short, overweight middle manager who is deferential to everybody and just whenever someone pushes him around, he apologizes and tells his kid to keep his head down and not fight back? Or is he going to be this like ripped lumberjack guy who's like, don't take nothing from nobody? (laughs) 
And then he like, here's your shotgun. I know you're seven, but think you can handle a 12 gauge, son. And then you got to have the mom being like, don't give him a 12 gauge when he's seven. You got to have that mix. You know what yeah, I mean? Good you got to. Yeah. yeah, you got to give him the 410. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, man. Start small. Give a kid a gun that big. Jeez. No, I don't know. I think, you know, it's tough, especially now because millennials aren't having kids. They, they lack purpose. And there seems to be a, in my opinion, dangerous cultural shift that has nothing to do with tradition or progression. You know, uh, it's, it's not about being progressive or being a traditionalist. It's about, I mean, humans have kids. You know what I mean? That's our purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know if it's purpose, but, um, I know like when you have kids, your kids become your purpose. And that if you don't have kids, humanity ceases to exist. Your culture ceases to exist. Here's what's fascinating to me. When I hear from liberals and their attitude is very much, who cares if America ceases to exist? Have you ever heard the sentiment from these, from liberals? Like you see them on, you see it on Twitter. They'll, they'll, they'll take like a, a, a quote from a conservative who's like, you have to have kids to preserve America and its culture. And they'll be like, <laughs> why? And that's why it's really fascinating to see conservatives this overlaps a lot with like immigration yeah concern about immigrants coming in and displacing american american culture and getting rid of christmas conservatives very much want to preserve you know conserve these traditions in their culture i'm actually not particularly conservative i just think if you don't have kids then there's no people so yeah. i mean i guess we can build robots to replace ourselves <laughs> we're not doing that either or live longer like we live to be 200 then we don't we need to have like 40 percent as many children or something Maybe it's like what you were saying, Ian. Was it apoptosis? Yeah. That's for real, man. It's but, like the, 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 mice, the mouse utopia. Mm. You but, get to a certain point where you're just consuming and doing nothing and just... Before um, the Roman Empire crumbled, basically, a lot of homosexuality started. Or it, homosexuality spiked, I believe. And there was just a lot less making babies. I don't know. They were living in like the age of gluttony, pretty mm -hmm. much. They had everything. They didn't care. They didn't want to serve in the military anymore because that they might lose what they had and they, they love their things. And um, then they Gotta got conquered things, from, from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, people mention a lot the, the, the mouse utopia. Have you heard of that? They basically created this space where they put a bunch of mice or rats or something and they gave them all food and just said, like, no matter what happened, they never ran out of food. They never, they, they never ran out of food or water. Oh. And so they eventually just like some stopped eating. Some started eating others. Hmm. Some just stopped reproducing and just died. And, you know, people wonder if we as humans are susceptible to something similar where we've reached this point where people don't have to work. And, and, and I mean it. When you've got somebody who, who lives in New York City and their job is to write articles for BuzzFeed, I'm sorry, that's not work. It's not work. Work is like... I have to grow the food. I have to hunt. I have to build the house. I have to start the fire. I have to generate the electricity to power the machines. I have to find the energy source so that we can stay warm in the winter. Writing articles about celebrity gossip is not work. Oh, they'll but say it's so isn't hard. Isn't that a good thing, though? Like, I look back. I'm a woman, obviously, but my great-grandfathers were coal miners and such hard work. I look back at my, my great grandmothers, like they had to cook everything from scratch and wash everything from, you know, they didn't have laundry machines or dishwashers. And I just, I think we're so lucky to not have to do all that stuff. Going, going back to, yes. And so I'll, I'll attach that to what Ian yeah. was saying about, you're talking about Rome, right? Yeah. Or Greece? Well, the Roman, both, the Ro both probably. Yeah. I think there's well, a lot of, of vanity and, and gluttony at the end of both of those. Here, mm. Here's what I see when the, the culture is stagnant. You know, uh, 
or if the technology isn't fast enough and if you know it's it's a weird hybrid moment of reaching that apex of technology with population to where the culture stagnates mm. then once rome collapsed the technology persisted a lot of this information persisted and spread out a little bit and then started to improve and people started to fight again and work hard again and then you get, you you know you come to the colonial era european uh, colon- colonialism and things like that striving for more and no longer just being like i want to be a, a layabout glutton because i have all the stuff so the technology remains things become easier but then the quest reemerges so maybe what's going to happen for us is that some kind of you know mass massive you know sen- sen- uh, century turning or millennial turning m- millennium turning where We've reached this point where we as a culture are all gluttonous mm. because technology has granted us this. After our culture collapses, then there will be a struggle again, but that technology will still exist. So then in another couple hundred years, it'll be even better for everybody. And then they'll start becoming gluttonous and lazy. You know what I mean? I guess the question is, do we have it too good in America? Because yes. my my father-in-law is from the Soviet Union and he, you know. It wasn't such a great time in the Soviet Union. He like looks at these American kids and teenagers and millennials having this depression and anxiety. And he's like, what the heck? You guys have pretty much everything you want. You live in nice places. You have all this food. And why, why could you possibly be depressed? Because they don't. They don't have a purpose, right? And I think, you know, Andrew Yang wants to send everyone $12,000 a year. It's like. Is that, I don't know, people can just like sit back and relax and play video games all day and get a decent, you know, apartment and have enough money. We, just, what? Should we get offensive? Should, yes. we, should we, should we anger all the feminists? Oh. Are you, are you prepared to make feminists angry? Okay. What are we doing here? All right. <laughs> Let's go. So I got this, uh, this is actually fairly old. This is from Zach Goldberg. He's a great data researcher and journalist on Twitter. And he, he tweeted this. Uh, uh, he says, overall, and with one exception, white moderates, those in the 18 to 29 age group are more likely to report being diagnosed with a mental health condition. The differences among white liberals, though, are striking. Almost half of white liberals in this cohort report a diagnosis. And in this graph, he shows us four different age groups, 18 to 29, 30 to 49, 50 to 64, and 65 plus. 65 plus from liberal, moderate to conservative, low instances of mental health. Uh, men- I'm sorry, mental health conditions. Low instances of mental health. No, no, no. The opposite. We just don't have any. This is amazing. Among 18 to 29-year-old white liberals, 45.9% mental illness. White conservatives, 20.9. Less than half. This is amazing. Even among the 65 and up, the white liberals are overwhelmingly more mentally ill than moderates and conservatives. Now we're going to offend the feminists. Let's break down white Let's well, let's 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 break down a little bit these demographics because Zach Bol- Goldberg gives us another one. He goes. There. He says, "Some of you asked for it, so here is the last chart <laughs> broken down by gender. The biggest gap with age X ideological group is between white liberal men and women in the eighteen to twenty nine category. That's right. White liberal women between the ages of eighteen to twenty nine have a fifty six point three percent instance of being diagnosed with a mental health condition. White liberal men thirty three point six. Among thirty to forty nine year olds, white liberals, women thirty nine point seven, men twenty nine point seven. And it's very very similar. But even among white conservative women, twenty seven point three percent in the eighteen to twenty nine age bracket. Now the first thing I'll say is 
I think the age thing shows us a generational shift in mental health diagnosis. Someone who's 65 probably was not diagnosed with things, diagnosed with conditions when they were young. And other older don't care to go to the doctor and actually get diagnosed with this. The difference and the important factor is the gap. Among white liberals, 65 and older, it's almost identical. 15.2 to 15%. Men, white liberal men and women, 65 or older, have similar instances of mental health issues. So there is something creating a, a, a massive gap between white liberal Gen Z millennials. And I think, I think I know what it might be. What is it? Not having families. Yep. Not having relationships, not necessarily families, not necessarily kids, but no relationships. And I particularly think no kids. And I wonder if, and you can give me your opinion and, and Lydia as well, because you're the ladies in the room. We've had other people on the show say that w- the reason women are, are unwell and unhappy and depressed is because they're not having children. What do you think, Julie? Yeah, what do you think? Not maybe. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I hope you don't mind me asking. Were you ever like super depressed? Did you find this to be an issue for you before you had your kid? I actually got a lot of anxiety after. Oh, postpartum basically. anxiety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, I think with older people, I think there was just a stigma against reaching out and getting therapy and all that. Um, with the younger people, I feel like being a liberal would be so hard. Because if you don't have kids, like you you were talking about, you're focused on all this other stuff. And a lot of stuff is just out of your control. Like the liberals are very focused on like climate change issues. I know that's a huge one with them having climate change anxiety and just, you know, all this racism and stuff. And they're it's it's out of your control where I think conservative people are kind of more focused inwards and on the individual and on their families where liberals is like, I want to save the world, world peace. And it's like, no, there's Ukraine and Crimea and all this stuff. And you can't do anything on an individual level about that. That is such a good point because you're right. Conservatives do focus on the individual level. And that means they do things like make families, they have kids, they focus on their work, they find things to do that are meaningful, and they don't tend to stress too much about stuff that they cannot have any possible control over, like global warming. When it comes to the older people, a lot of them probably did struggle with this stuff, and they probably just learned to live with it. Or yeah, maybe never it, got hush, hush, right? yeah, so you're... You Suck it up. You're, right? Yeah, you're Stiff destroying the family. Exactly. We think, yeah. Keep it together. Yeah. But, we, but then like the whole family thing, I definitely think that the fact that women aren't having children is incredibly depressing to them. I just want to throw my two cents in there because I think that's probably one of the biggest problems that we face. You know the meme about, you guys ever watch Archer? Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. I, I love don't. that show. No. I don't think I'm wrong more. with people. I'm just not intelligent enough, I feel like, to get it. <laughs> it's not a smart show. Trust me. <laughs> I just play games, video games. Uh, there was that episode <laughs> where, um, I can't, it's been a long time since I watched Archer. I just rewatched it. Which what's what, what's the name of the, Alana? Is that her name? Uh, wait. Alana? Lana. 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 Yeah. Lana. He, Archer keeps calling her baby crazy. Yes. And it's funny. She is. But it's like, <laughs> there's a joke that very much resonates with, I think, I think 30 Rock did this, this joke. TV shows and culture has have made jokes about women whose biological clocks are ticking mm-hmm. and how they want to have kids. Men don't experience that. I'm wondering if that plays a role in why there's a gap between men and women, like a biological difference. It does for me. I'm not in a rush to have kids. And if I was, I'd be in a, a completely different person. My goals and my behavior would be completely. Off. That's like that's dudes. Yeah. Totally yeah. Like, I can have kids when I'm 80. That's a privilege, yeah. It's not as easy, no, but you can. They, yeah. they found 
find that men also lose fertility. I mean, later than women, but like 40s and 50s, and there's more of a chance of having a problem with the child. It's true. Yeah. I don't it's, want to destroy it, it, the male it, ego here. No, no, no it, 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 is, it is true. But the issue is that more women. Yeah. If a guy's assume. firing off several million, yeah, you know, each yeah. instance, <laughs> if 90% of those are just deficient, yeah. mm-hmm. he's got a couple that are working. No, he's got like millions. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is that you'll, you'll end up seeing, you know, older guys have kids, you yeah. know, and for women, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know it's like. The craziest thing that this is an offensive topic, but it is like feminists. Whenever I talk about this kind of stuff, it's like all the feminists are lighting me up on Twitter. They're all angry. And I'm like, is it is it wrong to point out that they're they're advising women to freeze their eggs? Hmm. I mean, do your thing, man. More power to you. It really works. Freeze eggs. Yeah. I think we're kind of lying to women saying, you know, there are instances of 40 year old women having birth, but they're rare. Do you really want to take that risk? Probably well, not if you really want kids. So think about this, right? When we're talking about mental illness. I, I don't want to act like I am saying this is the sole reason no, people experience not. mental illness. It's a huge factor. But I'm saying, I, I believe there's a huge factor in the fact that as a 35-year-old guy with no kids, I should probably start thinking about having a family, but I got... Yeah, uh, whatever, your, your I'm a dude. sperm is okay, but, but are you energetic enough for kids if you're That's 40, point, 50, yeah. 60, maybe years old? Because you saw my son. He was jumping <laughs> up and down on so those fun. feed bags. I like. got energy for days. <laughs> yeah. okay, he does, too. Okay. Tim does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. got this. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm a crazy person. You know. But, but the, no, the point is... <laughs> I don't have to consider a, yeah. a biological limitation. If you were a 35-year-old woman, you definitely would. So I'm wondering if there are women who are sitting here, and, and you guys tell me what you think, when they're looking at the media saying, just freeze your eggs and work and be a CEO, and they're thinking to themselves, but I, but I want to have kids too. And you've got a, a combination of mainstream liberal social stigma telling you, no, you can't take mm-hmm. time off. And the physical realities of you might have to. You could be a CEO later in life, though. Like, your kids are so young for such a short amount of time. Like, I'm 32. I have the rest of my life to work. I can be 40, 50 years old. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She's still working. She got it all. Women, you know, there's also the thing that women can have it all. Like, no, you can't. You can't have it all at the same time. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I think we have it backwards. And I Uh do think that you have a point because I've known so many great and amazing women who went and they raised their kids. They got them like up into high school and they sent them off and they're like, and then they went back to school. A lot of them became nurses. Some of them became teachers and pharmacists and stuff i was like that seems like such a good balance because if you want to work by the time you're that age you'll know exactly what you want to do your kids will have a firm start in life and mm-hmm. you'll be able to go forward. yeah and you can have it the, your career and yeah. your kids at the same time and you're not worrying about i'm 35 babies, 40 years yeah. old am i gonna have to get ivf which is really oh, expensive right you mentioned your kids are, are really young for a short amount of time mm-hmm. reminds me of this really funny story this guy posted on the internet he was like 25 and he went and visited his dad or it's like he was at his parents' house for the holidays, and, and out of nowhere, his dad walks in the room and just grabs him and lifts him up as high <laughs> as he could. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing? And his dad said, I saw a meme where it said, the one day you, you, care- you lifted your child Aww. for the last time and didn't realize it. And then they both started laughing. Like Aww. His dad was basically like, I can pick my son up whenever <laughs> I want. <laughs> but, but no, that's, that's, it's an interesting point, too. Like, but people don't realize that. You pick your kid up one day, the next day you don't, and then bef- that, that may have been the last time and you never notice. There's going to be a last time. And then, so that dad walks in, he's like picking up his 25-year-old oh, yeah. man of his son. <laughs> you know? I love it. That's cute. Do you guys think that there's like 
resentment between women and men, the women resenting the men their age that don't want to have kids and don't have to. And the women are like, but I, I feel guilty for resenting them because they don't, they shouldn't have to. And they're not biologically bound. So why would they? But then they're internalizing this resentment and lashing out against men. I think there's some women who do, but I think there's some men who do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, my, my bigger concern so is not the, like the individual. It's the it's what we're encouraging and exacerbating yeah, in culture. I, I would ask that because I think I have some deep resentment against women that want to have kids with me at my age because they they are on a time clock. Yeah. I'm not, and I know they are, and I shouldn't. It's hard. Feel uh-huh, that. I feel the yeah. pressure. Yeah. Well, I think that's why you more often see a younger woman and an older man. I think it kind of makes sense. The men at a later age are more financially they're stable, more mature, more mature and they're sure. better able to raise a child, where the younger woman is both more fertile. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that combination makes more sense. So I would say, you know, if you're a young 20-something-year-old girl, Probably don't date guys that are in their young 20s because most of them, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to have kids right now. They don't have to. Maybe go a decade up or so. That's just my opinion. <laughs> and now here's here's the, the, the really offensive part for the feminists. The kind of person who's going to be writing an article consistently or writing articles consistently is not likely to be, you know, a stay-at-home mom who's got kids and, and, and dealing with them. You, you, you tend to see the careerist feminists who are in these positions at media outlets with the time and energy to write these articles. So their perspective is that of one type of person, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a stay-at-home mom, you don't really have as powerful as a voice, I would say. Right. Definitely. It's really fascinating to see all these these feminist writers, and and, and it's no surprise then that many of the, the, the women who work in digital media are feminists because, you know, they don't want to have families. They want a career and they want to fight for that. That's their opinion. That's why they're there or one of the reasons. And they're going to write those opinions over and over and over again. Then it's interesting because I wonder how that affects other women who know it's like, hey, I want to have a kid before this age. But everything you read from every woman in a high profile media position is saying, don't have kids, freeze your eggs. I was thinking if my mom had focused all the energy she focused on me and my brothers into the world, it would have been very bad for the world because she was (laughs) very neurotic, not in a harmful way, but neuroticism as a personality trait uh overly just micromanaging and wanting everything to be perfect and for me to not be uh, exposed to the wrong thing and like if she had been doing that to other people i think that would have been devastating Mm. so i see your point interesting point i don't know these people are blogging and as opposed to treating well so you when i when i look at this chart from zach goldberg and you can see that consistently there's a gap between men and women except for moderates between 50 and 64 men are more likely to this is this is fascinating check this out among white moderates, men are more likely to have been diagnosed with a mental illness by about one percentage point. You want to know what I think that might be? 50 to 64 years old. Divorce? No. What? War veterans? Boom. Oh, yeah. Vietnam. Korea, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Even Iraq at this point. The yeah. first Iraq yep. War in 93. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. God. Yep. Years ago. Which was way more brutal than we heard about in the news. 20 years ago. Some of these guys might have been 30 years old mm-hmm. and they might have been a career, have had a career in the military and now they're yep. getting deployed and they've, so they've seen some stuff. But that's only one group. It's only moderates. I mean, among liberals, it's not there. Among conservatives, it's still that's women. Like 1%. Yeah. So. But, but, but I, I wonder why is it? And no, ma- no matter what you say, you're going to get, you're going to offend somebody <laughs> that women consistently report having more mental health conditions. It's because women, are more willing to go to the doctor 
Yeah. Yes. Probably. I or think. is it because men are big and strong and, and yeah. you know, yeah, they don't need to nothing going to get me down. Depression? Oh, I'll punch it out of myself. Oh, yeah. I'll just forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy wakes up. He's uh, like, I'm depressed today. So he punches himself in the face. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> That works, right? I'm pretty sure that would be a mental illness. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Women are. Maybe you should go to the doctor. Yeah, I yeah. think, uh, you know, seeing a thera- therapist, admitting you have a problem is seen as a weakness uh, to men. I don't want to, I don't want to acknowledge my own right. neuroses. Who does? I feel stupid when I do that. And I feel like I'm creating it when it wasn't there. Oh. I think for me, it's more, uh, I'm too arrogant. Not in that I'm like, no one's going to tell me I'm weak. It's, it's kind of like, no, I self-analyze and I self-diagnose, uh, uh, and then I try to assess and solve any you know things that I see in myself. So when I'm feeling depressed, when I'm anxious, when I'm angry, I kind of you know question and think about it and try and figure out what's conducive to a positive working environment or to my goals. And if this thing I'm feeling isn't doing that, then I need to navigate that myself. And I do, and it works for me. So you're more self-reliant than a woman who may see a benefit in talking to another person about it. Talking. Yeah. Or man. Yep. Or man, sorry. Self-reliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how do you build that trade up? Uh, I don't know. Practice. Go wander through the woods for uh, a few days by yourself and like learn how to survive, I guess. Did you in the early Responsibly, days? Responsibly. When you were making cell phone? YouTube videos in the early days, would you just hyperanalyze your behavior? No. You never like just poured over your videos and was like watching yourself and thinking like, oh, that I have that trait. I, don't I, like, can't, I, don't I can't watch. No, it's yeah, the comment yeah. sections that do that for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tim sure says listen a whole lot. I'm I like, I know. I've learned a lot about myself from reading the comment section. I, know, I learned stuff I never yeah. knew. Yeah, you've got a decentralized network of people talking about what you're doing wrong. It's like it's great. So great. You know, when 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 they're in good faith, but even when they're not, it's funny because there's a lot of people who will claim I claim I say something too much, not realizing that there's like a period where for like a few days I'll say one thing too much exactly. and then it goes away. That does happen to people. Yeah. They go through phases of like sayings and stuff or even like the way we talk, like accents. Sometimes you'll, your posture probably for a few days will be a certain way. Yes, we all straighten That's up. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a period where I would say at the end of the day like 10 mm-hmm. times in I a video yeah and then people are like dude you say at the end of the day all the time i'm like yeah it's a good point i should stop saying that <laughs> and then there was like a then like when i was trying to correct it i'd be recording and i'd be like look anyway at the end of the day <sighs> then i'd stop and i'd be like okay <sighs> self-correcting I love so it. anyway and then i'd go and i'd chop it out oh nice do so a clever a edit so you can't see it i got a question yeah. so do you think this is why the apa thinks that masculinity is toxic or whatever because guys don't go to therapists because they do things like self-analyze and tend to be stoic and they don't really want to talk about their feelings what do you think probably what's apa stand for american psychological association i think the the reality is that there are some men who are just weak pathetic they can't handle the realities and there are some strong men who just don't need to be told what's wrong with them i'm kidding uh (laughs) but in all seriousness there are some guys that are stoic and calm and pragmatic and rational and there are some guys who do need help who feel like they can't do it because they have to emulate these other kind of guys you know what i mean so for me like i said i don't i don't think there's any kind of sitting down and talking to someone about my feelings that's ever going to help me in any way it would absolutely waste my time and I'll be frustrated and angered by it. If I have an issue and I'm feeling some way, I have to like navigate in my brain and like draw it out, figure out what it is, what's 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 bothering me. Okay. Now we can move forward. Here's our plan. 
sitting down and talking with someone would be like, I'd be looking at them going, you're going too slow for me. I need to solve this problem in five minutes, not an hour. This doesn't work. But there are a lot of people that do need that person. And they're scared to talk about it because they want to be seen as tough. They don't want to be seen as weak. They need to do it. People need to realize about the individual, man. It's about you. You need what you need. So I'll tell you this. The one thing you should always do is don't care what other people think about you. People are like, you went to the doctor. It's like, I did. I felt like I needed it. Then you should do it. You should absolutely do it. So, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Marcus Aurelius is that even a soldier needs the help of his fellow soldiers. And I was thinking that to me speaks about the psychology of men, even back in the Roman Empire. Like this is something that he knew that people needed to hear, especially guys. Like you have to put it in a way that guys understand and sympathize with. I definitely feel like for me personally, when I hear the narrative of guys being like too, too macho and not want to go to the doctor, it really feels like a woman's perspective. Right. Absolutely. I don't hear that from guys. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I swear to God, in my life, I have seen a guy cry a handful of times. Uh, I've talked to my friends and I've, I've rarely, if ever, had a guy be like, I need help and like crying about their depression. Mm-hmm. But I have had guys who've done that. I have, I have seen people who have lost loved ones, who have lost, you know, their dog or whatever. And it's devastating and they're in pain and they want to talk about it or they want to be alone and just work through their feelings. But I definitely feel like, for me personally, whenever I hear this narrative, you know, oh, so many men are hurting and they're too too scared because they have to be macho. I'm like, I just think that women are more emotional, more emotional than guys. And that's okay. Yeah, that's totally fine. That's yeah. Just putting that I, out I, I guess if you're talking to the to the ascent, to the to the uh, constructivists, though, yeah, this whole conversation is bannable. That's right, because they believe <laughs> everything's blank slate. You know. It's like they say there's no difference between men and women, and then they do the transsexual thing. It's like they're I, – I just don't get it. It seems like inconsistent. What, it should be a moot point, So right? what, you're like, admitting that you're a bigot. No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying like they're the saying – It seems like they're saying there's no difference between men and women. Women are not more emotional than men. And then they say there's a transsexual thing where you can switch genders because genders are different. And it's like – Well, so – so this, this, this is an interesting thing. You need to understand there's actually two generations of thought in the trans community. Mm-hmm. There's the binary trans and the non-binary trans. So there have been some very prominent trans women canceled, you know, attacked and harassed by the Gen Z trans uh, gender individuals because in their ideology, it's gender non-binary, gender spectrum. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're transitioning from male, you know, man to woman. You're literally just moving between this, this, this spectrum. So some people are, are gender fluid, which means they can trans back and forth depending on the time of the day. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other, uh, genders where they say it fits at some point on a scale of one to a thousand. You know, I'm, I'm a 327 leaning, you know, male or whatever. But for the older generation, it tends to be more binary mm-hmm. trans. So, uh, some of the, you know, some of the friends that I have were, were definitely in the more, in the category of more binary and they, gen- they, gen- uh, they genuinely believed they were only two genders, only two biological sexes, etc. Now, when those people go online and post these things, they get attacked and harassed by the younger generation that believes it's a spectrum. I think I think one of the interesting uh, ways to describe the difference in the ideologies is the the, the common uh, uh, the colloquial uh, terminology assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth. So. You're, you're, that's this. It's a, it's a, it's a. In my opinion, a strange way of looking at it, and it fits into this idea that male and female don't exist when, in fact, they do. Male yeah. and female literally exist. You don't look at a giraffe and then say we don't know if it if it's male or female because it hasn't told us. Mm-hmm. You literally just say, well, you know, we looked at it, and we can see it's. They're they're they're, they're, they're 
Yeah, it comes down to like this argument about the nuance between understanding and, and, and how you quantify things. And it's not always easy to create a criteria for quantification. Um, but tip, there's the typical understanding. Male and female is a reference to the, what are they called? Gametes? Is that the right word? Yeah, the sex cells. The sex cells that they produce. And then whenever you say that, you'll get, you know, one of these left uh, individuals saying, so a person who can't produce them anymore is no longer. And you're like, are they, are they exceptions? <laughs> there are some exceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, yeah. It's just, but it's such a little. But anyway, long story short, it's not a unif- there's, there's no unified ideology in gender ideology. Okay. And so what happens then is like Twitter's rule set and YouTube's rule set doesn't fit either one. It goes for both, creating this fractured, all-encompassing and broken contradictory rule set in many regards. So very it's weird. very confusing. To Humans navigate. are animals. We always got to remember that. We're part of the animal kingdom. Always have been, always will be. Um, and unless we evolve to a different species, but the Homo sapien is an animal. And when we're born, we have sex organs. Now, you can always re-identify gender and what that means. And I think they're, like you're saying, their terms of service are trying to to acknowledge both. Like, you can still kind of have the biological argument, but they're trying to placate or make that's, sure that people don't get hurt. I, I'm sorry. Emotions I gotta... aren't trampled on or that people have the right to artistically express their gender beliefs mm-hmm. and things like that. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a red line in this. You know what I mean? It's like uh, civil rights for everybody. People should be allowed to uh, defend themselves, to live, be happy, to be free from violence. If we're all paying taxes, then we should be allowed to share in you know the bounty of whatever those taxes are supposed to be paying for, even blowing up kids, right, which is the bad <laughs> part of it. But hey, that's a reality, and that's the kind of stuff we don't want to happen. The long story short is I would love for you know my, my, my transgendered married friends to be armed to the teeth and buying their drugs with Bitcoin and be free from oppression from the government because they want to be in private on their farm. You know what I mean? Very pro-liberty protect the people, let them protect themselves and let them do their thing. Uh, I, I guess for me, I have a hard line on this idea that male and female don't exist. Like that's clearly just not true. And it's becoming this weird anti-science movement where I turn on the TV and they say outright, ma- like the assigned male at birth, like you weren't assigned it. You were, you were like, you know, it's like red. Ma- maybe they could say identified yeah, male at birth. Maybe it would make more sense. Cause then cause I guess the, what they're trying to say is that there are some people who are intersex. And so if they're so, born and they appear to be male, a doctor could say you are when you're not. And then I guess identified by doctor as would make more sense. Wait, why are we changing the complete language because of this small minority of people? Like it doesn't make sense. It could be that it's, it's an evolution of our species. And now we're in yeah. the, we're in the early ages of multi-sex, um, organisms well, that are. We've, I, we're evolving into. I, oh. the, the issue is authoritarianism. That's that's the only issue yeah. I have. If if you try to force people to do things, but there's a, there's a range. Uh, the statistics show it's between like you know point. I think it's like point six percent to like one point three percent of people that are non. Uh, uh, they don't fall perfectly into mm-hmm. XX or XY. Yeah. And if we're then going to try and navigate how we respect a, a you know one point three on the high end or even you know point six, that's still a lot of people. And I have no problem being like, hey, man, you know, let me know what makes you comfortable. I'm here to to, yeah. to, to work with you and, and things like that. The problem is the authoritarianism. So, like, if someone comes to me and just says, by the way, you know, this is how I prefer to be addressed. I just be like, okay, you know, whatever. If the government comes out and says, you must or else, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know about yeah. that one. It is really weird, though. There's this case going on right now where a teacher refused to refer to a trans student by, um, I think, miss or I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it was Mr. Uh, and then he referred to the student who was, you know, assigned female at birth, as as the nomenclature says. 
and got sued, got in trouble, got threatened, and then he filed a lawsuit saying it was free speech. I just find it interesting, right? If a teacher was like, I'm not going to call you what you want to be called. You know what I mean? Like, when, regardless of whether it's a pronoun, what if the teacher was like, hey, dingus, it's like, my name's Bill. I don't care, dingus. I, get to, I can call you whatever I want. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, not even necessarily humiliation, but. Disrespectful. I get the idea that people are like, I believe in using language this way and forcing someone to change how they speak because pronouns aren't someone's name. Pronouns are a function of language, not an individual. I just think there's also an interesting argument to be like, what if a teacher is calling you an insult? Would we would we be like, don't call them? What what if what if he called you not even an insult and just called you like the wrong you know, name over and over again? Yeah, and didn't care. Acknowledging and then you I kept complaining not like that's not my name. You know, I wish the teacher would get my name right. They, they I don't know. Probably be reprimanded by the school. I would imagine. That's yeah. a good point. Um, or the, all right, we're gonna read this article because we we had this pulled up before and uh, a we lot. Never got to this one. Yet. I'm I'm gonna tell everybody right now before we read this article. Oh, wait, yeah. I'll tell you the one thing everybody we we hear the most of from guests and in conversations. Uh, not everybody says this, and it's, and it's a s- small minority people do, but we've had people come in and say, I'm more than happy to do the show so long as you don't ever ask me questions about transgenderism uh-huh. or trans people. And I'd be like, I mean, okay. if there's news, there's news. If there's not, there's not. And I got to tell you, it's, 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 if someone comes on the show and they're like, I won't talk about this, and there's no point in asking because they'll just not interact with you and it'll be a really weird Waste conversation yeah. where you're like, so what do you think? And they just don't say anything. So it's like, all right, I guess. And the reason for it is almost no matter what you do, you get attacked when you bring this stuff up. Well, I don't know what else to do, but yeah, talk about it. We had the story for the New York Post. CNN ridiculed for saying there is no consensus for assigning sex at birth. The New York Post reports CNN is being ridiculed online for insisting there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth with critics telling the network to look just below the waist for insight. The left-leaning network statement was quickly shared online after it appeared in a news story Wednesday about South Dakota banning transgender athletes from women's sports. It's not possible to know a person's gender identity at birth, and there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth, CNN's Devin Cole wrote. Critics quickly ripped the outlet for reporting it as straight fact rather than attributing it to others and noting differing views. Quote, I've gotten used to a lot of woke craziness. Never thought I'd see biological sex in scare quotes, a Twitter user wrote. CNN isn't a news organization. They are straight up activists. Online media critic Lee Sabatka wrote, while conservative commentator Ben Shapiro said only an idiot would believe the network's claim. Others suggested a simple solution. I'm not a doctor CNN, but if you look just below the waist, you may get some insight. (laughs) And then they just uh, they're just quoting a bunch of Twitter users ragging on CNN. But CNN literally did this. When did this come out? When did CNN do that? A couple a couple days ago last week. Yeah. I mean, this story is from yesterday. And we were, we were thinking about talking about it, but a lot of people don't, you know, want to bring it up. It's a hot potato. That's yeah. dumb. It's uh, dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Can I talk about it? No, biological sex is real. It is like, real. It's how we how, make more people. Yeah. It's, you, you know, either got that or this. What, <laughs> I think one problem with this. Well, well, hold on, hold on. To be fair. Or intersex. Right, right. So it's, it's, so yeah. that, that's, that, that's the issue at hand is that you, you do have a lot of people who are like, it's either that or this. Then you have... People like you know, Dr. Deborah So, for instance, who's very intelligent, saying, well, you know, it's bimodal. There is an overlap. But for the most part, it's overwhelmingly, you know, male or female. If you want to have like an honest, nuanced conversation, it's really difficult to have in hyperpolarized times. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sorry, like I have a line, right? Biological sex is real. Yeah. To say there's no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. I don't like the phrase assigning it. That's very activisty. 
they identify you as the doctor sees it and says, this is what the baby is. And they can be wrong. And they have been wrong. There's some prominent activists who are incorrectly identified because they were intersex. Like there's one woman who is actually biologically male based on DNA. And the issue was, I, I, I forgot what, it's, what, what the syndrome is called, but did not develop like the, the, the testes did not produce testosterone. So now they very much, this individual looks very much female, even though genetically is male. And so then when you have a doctor say that and they realize that's not true, it doesn't fit how they feel and they actually want to be a man, like, yeah, that, that makes sense. These people are real. They exist. You know, making sure we, we protect the rights of all people is part of the conversation. But when you get activists coming out and saying, actually, there's no biological sex, it's like, okay. What I got from this is, there is. this writer said it's difficult or challenging to uh, establish gender identity at birth. And then immediately in the next sentence said biological sex yes. or and, and as if they were the same thing. They're not. No. Gender yes. identity and biological sex are different. Yeah. Yep. And they used to make that argument. That used to be their strongest case. They were like, gender isn't sex. Sex isn't gender. Who would ever possibly Yeah, that's what I learned in my college. Exactly. Sociology classes. And now it seems like it's flipped where it's like there's interchangeable. No yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's due to the media. I think it's due to a bunch of really dumb people who work in media who don't understand things, who write about things and conflated oh, them and so. made the mistake. For real. So what happens is you'll get some like intellectual saying, well, biological sex does exist. Gender is the social constructs that have formed around the biological sexes. And thus people could identify between any of, Mm -hmm. you know, any in between or outside of gender. In fact, if it is a simple social construct, then certainly someone could make up their own social construct. And that's an intellectual argument. And then someone who works for like the New York Times or Huffington Post goes, biological sex ain't real. Because they didn't understand the actual argument being presented. Over time, it morphs into you're not male. So this is another issue I take when they say someone is like they're, uh, uh, you know, a, a transgender person transitioned to male or female. I'm like, no, 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 no. Between man or woman. That was I, I thought it was trans woman, not trans male. I thought that was offensive to say. But it's really hard to keep up with. It's another reason why a lot of people just refuse to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because what you say today could be offensive next week. It could be the right thing to say today. Offensive next week. Case in point, Wimixon. You got, you, do you know about Wimixon? Hmm? Wimixon. Have you heard that? No. It's women with an oh, X. The, with, oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't. And the, I've never the, heard it pronounced. Yeah. It's solid. Who knows? <laughs> so it's Wimxin. Wimxin. Uh, the X is supposed to symbolize the, the symbol for trans. And so they changed the O to an X. It might work in written language, but in spoken language, it's confusing. And people are like, yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about. Right. Exactly. I've seen it on Twitter, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very, very online thing. Regular people probably don't understand. Well, when that word was made, it was appropriate. And then for some reason, a month later, it became offensive. You know, a couple months (laughs) later, some organization used the word and got attacked. How dare you use that word? Trans women are women. So you don't need to say Wimxen. Then a year later, they started using Wimxen again. So it's like. No matter what you do, someone will claim, someone will say it's wrong. It's like, it's like I mentioned before, the liberal uh, circular firing squad or Mexican standoff, where they're all staring at each other, waiting for anything they can use as an infraction. So people don't want to talk about this. Importantly, I think, don't, don't ridicule it. And, and not publicly. If you're going to talk about it, do not ridicule this don't stuff. Don't be mean to people. Yeah, as easy as it is to be like, well, that seems stupid to me, so let's make a joke. Don't do it. It's not stupid to everybody, and it won't be. And in the future, it'll probably be more important to other people. So you just... You know, you know, what bothers me about a lot of conservatives is their desire to be mean. Mm. 
Like I'm smarter and better and you're dumb. So I'm I'm not saying every single one of them, but I see it. I see it a lot. And I'm like, I don't like that. You know, I don't, I don't like someone who's like, they would approach a story like this by laughing and ridiculing and being mean. And I'm like, dude, but you don't win arguments by doing that. You know, a good example is when Milo Yiannopoulos fat shamed a guy to gym. Oh yeah. And I was like, I, I asked him, I was like, why would you do that? And he was like, it works. And I'm like, it, it already worked. The guy's in the gym. Now you're going to scare him off the yeah. gym. What are you doing, man? You know, like, uh, uh, I understand that there are people who believe fat shaming works because it makes people want to lose weight and get active. But the guy in the gym, he's already there. You won. Yeah. He's doing it. He's like, he's fighting. That's, That's the kind nice. of guy. Yeah. It's it, it, beyond not nice. It's ineffective. Like, what's your real goal there? Productive. Someone actually was saying that we were talking about something about mental illness and uh, how we were being like kind of kind and like, you know, people need help. People need help in society. But that I had been too hard on people that are obese and that I'm I'm treating it like it's not a mental illness. And I think they might be right because I've been, you know, I'm a huge foodie and, and into sugar and the, make the, the best bread of it. Make the best. Bread. Everybody it's comes true. here the and they're like, what was that? Bro, like Ian made him like, wow. And, and I'm like, it's obesity true. is a problem. Obesity is a problem. And, and I and I do believe obesity is a problem, but, yeah. but I do not want to ostracize people that are have that problem this is a this is a guy ladies and gentlemen who complains about the sugar industry and then makes the best bread i know what a little the bit heck? of sugar goes a long <laughs> way <laughs> yeah. people 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 yeah it's like right. a fresh bread and they cut a slice of it and people are like it's impressed cool. every time and then you go and complain but the sugar's bad and you're the one giving it to two them. teaspoons <laughs> of uh white granulated sugar for five cups of flour four yeah. and a half cups is that your secret technique it was actually from paula dean Oh. Ah, I'll give you the skinny. Nice. That recipe is yeah. a Paula Dean recipe. Wait, was Very she the cool. was she the racist one? Yeah, yes, she was. Yeah. <laughs> Paula so Dean pizza dough. That recipe. Is so 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 you're a hypocrite and a racist. Ah. Apparently, I support a racist. <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh my god! But Ian, I, I wanted to ask you: Have you ever watched my 600 pound life? No. Uh, I did, and I was really <laughs> struck by the fact that I didn't watch it like as a show. I've, I've seen watch. the commercials. No, it's okay. I watched 90 Day Fiance. It's okay. So I actually I watched some of it for a speech yeah. that I wrote, and I was mm-hmm. like, it's never about food. It's always about something else. These people are abused. They're being enabled. They've been manipulated. They're being like their parents will go out and bring them to stuff because they can no longer leave their house. And it's like it's not about food. The food is filling a gap. And we're lucky yeah. in America we can use it. We don't use alcohol like Russians do. Um, well. There's always a coping mechanism. You know? Yeah, it is a coping mechanism food. Yeah. I can see that. You were talking about uh, conservatives just being mean. Not no, I, well, I want to well, clarify, too. I want to clarify real quick. Yeah. There are some conservatives that like being mean. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, they want to trigger the libs and just right, right. Do, do dumb stuff. Well, I think a lot of conservatives complain about virtue virtue signaling, which is true. I mean, some stuff you just kind of have to roll your eyes at people like I'm such a great person, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I think on the right, there's also vice signaling. I've seen it a lot over this COVID thing where people take selfies of them in the grocery store without a mask. And oh, it's like, look at me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the opposite of virtue signaling. It's the same thing. It's... It is still virtue signaling, though. It's just for their side. Yeah, I call it vice signaling because it's yeah, it's it's the same. Look it's at the same how bad thing. I I can yeah. be. Yeah, how no, bad no, I but can be. Yeah, it 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 it's effectively the same thing. I I understand your point though. Vice signaling, like when somebody goes on Twitter and just insults and berates somebody because the right is piling on. So I just am absolutely not a fan of that stuff. Yeah, like the whole. Being mean like um megan markle thing like i looked at this and i had no opinion about it but i saw a bunch of conservatives attacking her and i'm just like 
did you care about this yesterday? <laughs> like I didn't. I've and I don't know. Yeah, and they, it's just they just want to be like rude. I guess it just, I. I got hit up by Fox. They wanted to have me on. So a lot of people saw me on Fox talking about big tech and social media. There were some other instances where I've recently been on Fox as well, not on the TV, on, on like radio and other segments. And around the time of the Meghan Markle thing. And so I get an email from a producer and they're like, can you talk about this? And I was like, I don't know anything about the royal family. And they're like, oh, okay. It was, you know, it's big news. You have news. to have an opinion on everything. I was just like, I purposefully avoid yeah, nonsense. Like yeah. the royal family does not have any like... It's celebrity gossip for Americans. We fought a war. Yeah, we fought a war to not have to worry about the royal family. <laughs> I wonder uh, how frequently they hit up people and they're like, uh, the answer is always yes if I'm asked to go on TV because it's good for my career, even if I know nothing about it. So you get a lot of these people are just feigning you know, knowledge. At least you had the, the fortitude to acknowledge you didn't, you weren't worth their time. You didn't seize the opportunity I, I for your own selfish gain. Yeah. For, for you know, some advice, I guess, to say, you know, there are a lot of people who absolutely are like, oh, man, I can go on TV. Tell me what to say. I never do that. I'm like, I don't have anything to say about the royal family. I'm not interested. Like, I've been invited on a bunch of big podcasts. I say no. I'm like, eh, what am I going to talk about? You give me something I can, I can talk about, maybe I'll do it. Otherwise, I don't know, whatever. I think if people just focus on themselves and what they want to do and stay true to themselves, it's their, their better path forward. But uh, going back to the thing about conservatives, we, we know that there are a lot of leftists who are virtue signalers who will mock and grift and berate people on the right or just not the left and lie about them in order to earn points. I think a really good example is this show. Exactly. I, I, had, I had a big argument with this with this friend of mine. And what had happened was I made a post about the Chauvin trial. Like, here's what happened. This is crazy. This is huge for the defense. The defense basically said George Floyd had OD'd before and had similar symptoms at the time of his arrest here. And we learned that, according to his girlfriend, the dude with Floyd was their dealer. So I'm like, this is huge for the defense because uh, a third degree murder in Minneapolis is if you provide a substance to someone that kills them, that's your fault. So that's this other guy's fault, which could present very serious reasonable doubt as to what happened with Floyd and who was responsible. And so, you know, someone comes in and they say, oh, here comes Tim Pool's confirmation bias and all of his, you know, cult followers don't want to read the actual news. And I had a conversation with this person. I was like, you need to understand what happened here. You don't watch my show. You don't know the opinions expressed on, on this show. You don't know the opinions of the people who comment on the show. And you look at it and immediately assume if we are saying the defense got a victory, you know, in today's hearing, you assume it's a bunch of Trump supporting red hat wearing MAGA flag waving people. When in fact, it's a variety of people who are just paying attention. You come in acting like you know everything. And everyone starts trying to explain to you calmly and you get angry. This is what happens for a lot of people. They walk into a room where people are saying, wow, the defense and the Chauvin trial, this was big. I mean, it's not perfect. And then all of a sudden they're like, what is this? A bunch of MAGA conservatives. You guys are all biased. And then when people try saying, listen, listen, here's the guy who is the dealer. Here's what the judge said about the guy about Floyd putting the tablet in his mouth. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I read, watched Rachel Maddow, so I know everything. Instead of having that rational conversation, they get mad and assert that they're right and you're wrong. It's a really amazing, you know, thing, I think. It's, it's, it's definitely a vice. When people assume it's not me who's wrong, it's everyone else. It's like, yo, if everywhere you go, you smell crap, take a look at your boot. Yeah, that's my advice. How do you stay friends with people like, like that? Is that more of just like you're forcing yourself to stay social? Do you feel like loyalty to them because you've known them for a long time? Um... 
I treat everybody with a certain level of respect. If there's someone I've known for a long time, you know, I'm not going to treat a person better just because I know them. You know what I mean? I try to be fair. For I someone I don't know, I suppose if like there were two people hanging on the side of a cliff and I knew one of them, like, I'm going to save that person over the person I don't know. I guess it depends, though. I mean, these are tough questions, right? Like, let me ask you, Ian, you see you're you're standing there and there's a, the cl- as a cliff and you've got you, your mom hanging, but then you've got a seven year old girl hanging on the other side. Which Who would you save? Oh my God. <laughs> what kind of it's a tough question, that? right? Yeah. The personal desire to save your mother or... The potential, of the, the potential of the child. She would want me to save the kid. Yeah, Ooh, probably. That's a good point. So I would. Well, there you go. It's not. It's not an easy question for no, everybody. Always, yeah. These are tough questions. It's like in Spider Man. You know, in the movie when he had Mary Jane and the school bus full of kids. Oh. He saved them both because Ooh. he's Spider Man. That was my initial thought. <laughs> that's right. Cheating. So yeah, use your web shooters yeah. to save both of them at the same time. Okay. And we're good. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not easy questions, man. How about we go to Super Chats? If you have not already, my friends, smash that like button and become a member over at TimCast.com because um, looks like we're not going to have the website up, but this is this is okay. There's actually a really obvious reason for it that I didn't consider. And you know what that reason is? What's that? Why the website will not be be launched as of today? Mm. Beta testing. What's today? April 2nd. No, no, no. What's today? Uh, Friday. Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Friday? Weekend? It's Friday. Yeah. Which Friday? Oh, it's Good Friday. It's yeah, Good yeah, Friday. Okay, it's a holiday. It is yeah. a lot of people, gotcha. were, they were like, you know, look, it's Good Friday, Easter Sunday. Okay. So it's a four-day weekend. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, oh. okay, okay. I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody to work on Good Friday and through cool. the weekend for Easter. It's like, yeah, I sure. get it, man. So, uh, but anyway, go to TimCast.com because I think early next week, hopefully, um, but but regardless of the format of the website, we are preparing shows and and we we want to get started on this stuff you know Ian was talking about some developers and doing this open source technology and just kind of going crazy in building out technology and tools that are gonna make the world a better place but also making good content we're gonna do a lot man we're we're we're, uh slowly seeding everything we need we've got some people joining really soon to to start uh producing more content and it's a common so make sure you sign up and uh don't forget to like the video if you haven't already subscribe at the notification bell and share this show if you really do like it all right, let's see. We got a ton of super chats. Um, as always, it oh, seems like you YouTube has made it so I can't read the name of the first super chat. So oh, I can't see it. Can't read it. It says Sug- suggestion. Imagine nerdy version of Jordan Peterson that analyzes cartoons, anime games, and tries to teach important life lessons like that. Incredible editing to make it as epic and entertaining as possible. Tim, you have to, you have to check out the channel, The Meaning of Nerd. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, there you go snowboard dan oh this must be a mistake he says happy birthday ian oh, oh. thank you dan it is ian's birthday it is ladies and gentlemen it is ian's 42 42 years old on 42 oh, which nice. i didn't wow. see coming until yesterday very Oof. cool and they said it's the meaning of life in uh wow. that one that one book it'd be funny if like after we, we after the show ends and... we like go downstairs and all of a sudden ian starts floating and a beam of light like comes around him and his eyes are glowing that is going to happen <laughs> and then he just starts like firing gigantic lightning bolts and blowing everything up and I, people are running and screaming and it's I what's happening oh. you said it would happen i feel like it's i'm wrapping the first uh trimester of my life right now that i'll go to like 150 or 120 with all this life yeah. extension stuff and a lot of it's going to be like it's going to be a different version of life like an outer space like a, a different hopefully weird you yeah. are a trip man <laughs> <laughs> you just it. found this out the I, audience I did, I is like that's ian. Yeah. ian yeah uh someone just challenged me to a fight oh 
Javon Cronin says, the only thing I have ever disagreed with Tim about is how you say McDonald's. Like, WTF is McDonald's, Tim. You don't know what McDonald's is? I guess if you grow up in in the city, we jokingly (laughs) call it McDonald's. It's like meant to be a silly way to say McDonald's. Not Sheriff, really? It's McDonald's, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Old McDonald's. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. of course. You know, it's a a silly way to be like McDonald's instead of McDonald's. (laughs) Good old, what is it, Scottish food? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Let's. Trey Allen says, I'm glad your Puritan capitalistic nature could not let you take today off. And we're all thank- thank- thankful, Tim and team. Yes, it's Good Friday, but uh, I'm not. Uh, good Friday is specifically Catholic or no, Christian. It's, it's Christian. Christian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's the day before Jesus rose from the dead. No, it's the day where he died. Oh, geez. Yeah. And then Sunday is it's where. It's bad Friday. So they yeah. crucified him on like Wednesday and they let him hang there for two days and then yep. he died. Is that what it is? Him. Dude yeah. stabbed him. Yeah, jeez. What a jerk. He suffocated to death on yeah. the cross. Is the Golgothan real? The what? The Golgothan. Uh, yeah, you know, the hill? Golgothan. Yeah, no, no, that's Golgotha. The what, Golgothan. What is I'm it? What's sure. from Dogma? Where, uh, 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 what's it? Azrael summons the, the demon made of human feces? No, that would be a no. Oh, okay. Bible. Sorry. I heard my last name, Crossland, is from Crossland Hills in England. I haven't confirmed, but oh, I think cool. it's where they used to crucify people. Interesting. Yeah. You should go there. Yeah. Find out, find out the truth. The Crossland. All right, let's see. Oblividan says, Iowa Governor Reynolds signed constitutional carry into law today. Took too long, but it's nice to have a right restored for a change. Repeal the NFA. Wow. Ooh, Always cool. amazing to hear about constitutional carry. That is an amazing thing. What state? Iowa. Oh, cool. That's great. Remind me to visit Iowa. Walk around with a Barrett M82, carrying it, getting really tired because it's a heavy thing to carry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And people are going to laugh and be like, I get you're trying to make a point, but come on. Anyone can do that. It's a grenade launcher, right? No, no. It's an anti-material rifle. 50 BMG. Yeah. So, you know, taking out helicopters and tanks and buildings, you know what I mean? (laughs) When you need to. Matt Burkhart says, hey, Tim, would you consider having Jonathan uh, Witchman on your show? He's from Wisconsin, running for governor in 2022. Great candidate, center right. He doesn't really have the resources to become a mainstream candidate. Um, perhaps we don't like to take suggestions because people then turn the super chat into a suggestion machine. But uh, you know, we'll always look into people. Taddy Mason, Taddy Mason. All right, taking time off from talking to Jerry says, "Happy birthday, Ian." Tim, love what you do. It's extremely important to promote people to think critically. But I'll catch the podcast in the morning. Got to get back to the jam night on ACAST. Hey, there you go. All right. Thank you. Ransom Puppy says, hey, Tim, just wanted to ask you if you've heard about the band uh, Anal Nathrock. Their latest uh, music video and Darkment seem to be very anti-establishment. I highly recommend checking it out if you're into death metal. Not really. I like their use of language. Not a big death metal person. I don't know what to say. Creative. Sam Ray, uh oh, this is this is this is uh, uh, racist. He says Asians make far better stuff. Japan with Nissan, Toyota, Honda, Sony, Seiko, plus Tokyo is super clean. And wish the general American public can learn more from their culture. Tim, do you have a watch collection? Seiko, I do not have a watch collection. <laughs> watch collection. I will say Tokyo is awesome. Man, it's a, it's a it's a really different culture. I'll tell you that. You know, there's a there, there's go. a there's a bunch of. <clears throat> I'll try to be family friendly. There are a bunch of businesses for men to relieve themselves in adult manners. Oh, okay. They're literal like I I saw the sign everywhere when I was in Tokyo 
And I was like, what is this? You know, I was like, I, I didn't know what it was. And then the, the, my, my, my fixer, which is, you know, a local Japanese woman, she was like, oh, it's, you know, and then she explained to me that guys, you know, every so often they got, they got urges and needs and they go in there and there's like used underwear in jars and like, you know, boxes you could buy. It's a different place. They're it's a different also, place. with advancements in artificial mm. intelligence and robotics, they're uh, aiding that. Thanks for the recommendation. That industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are super smart. Yeah. Robotically. It's very different. They have their own set of problems. All right. Let's see. We got too many super chats today. Too Thank many. guys. Conti says, Tim, us uh, U.S. military just had extremist stand-down training today. Even though they talk about Antifa, BLM, and supremacy extre- are, are extremists, they only show videos from C-SPAN from January 6th and some shootings that was done by white people. Weird. Julian Powell says, can you please, please stop commenting on the thoughts of the black community? None of you are black and most of your comments just come from stereotypes and inference. None of you are black, so you couldn't comprehend black life. Well, that's exactly my opinion. That's why when we had a comment from a Nigerian immigrant, I said, I defer to you. I wouldn't know. I think there are a lot of people who do think they know on the right and the left and try and tell other communities what it's like. It's the weirdest thing. And it's the perfect example of one of the reasons I don't like what my, my serious problems with the critical race theorists is when I get some like uppity white progressive being like, let me explain to you what it's like to be a marginalized person. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, we don't do that here. Not, you don't, you don't come to me and bring that to me. Sorry. But, uh, uh, respect Julian. Absolutely. Brother Francis says, hi guys, wanted to apply to work for you guys. It would be my dream career. I've sent some emails. Hope you guys can see them. Also wanted to contribute to BTC Monthly. How can we set that up? It's very difficult to do, and we haven't set it up. But uh, Brother Francis, we will search for that email. Rosa Brand says, what used to be entertainment with books and movies, even video games, has turned into LARPing. That's what I saw in the last last year's riots, kids running amok RPing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dr. Doctor says, it's all play money. Shots on me tonight. While it's worth anything. I can make this back in experiences and hardships, all in the process of making friends and family. As always, thank you guys for doing you. And Ian, thanks for being the voice of unreason when there's too much, <laughs> there's too much of making sense. Mm-hmm. Gotta shake it. Right. <laughs> uh, P. Diesel has a comment for you, Ian. He says, infantry comes from the French word infanteria, meaning foot soldiers, too experienced, too inexperienced for cavalry. Oh, oh so there is perhaps a relation yeah. between infant and inexperienced. Yeah, I should go into the Roman... The Latin of that as well. Yeah, I'm curious. Arcyon says, here to promote my channel, Arcyon. I taught Catholicism, politics, and more. Hey, there you go. Very cool. Trent Lamellino says, hey, gang, love what is on the horizon, but make it a mandatory daily obligation to get Adam Curry and no agenda is vital. Stay safe, John. Uh, am I familiar? I don't, I don't know. Adam Curry yeah. was like the founder of podcasts, I think. Oh, I'm interesting. find a way to get a hold of it. That's fun. John R. says, eating locally sourced honey will help with pollen allergies. I've heard that. Interesting. We went, we, we're surrounded by farms, and we went to a farm and got a bunch of farm fresh meat. It is amazing. I got to tell you, man, if you've had that store-bought bacon, you ain't had bacon until you have real bacon from a farm fresh. Mm. It's legit. Mm. Put it on the grill, and it's just like, wow. Real food is always so much better. Character Holding says, think it was hookworms. They secrete an enzyme that pacifies the immune system. They live in your intestines, clears up allergies. Oh, maybe that's what it was. That's what it was. This is amazing. Ian, you were right. <gasps> Nayrad Agava says, Ian is right. Infantry comes from the Latin root word infans, meaning infancy. It shows up later in the 1500s as infante, meaning foot soldiers too low in rank, too young, or too poor to be cavalry. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, Vindicated. how about that? And we yeah. still use it. It's a different system now because those people could be cavalry, but they're put in the infantry. So maybe it's not about wiping their brain, but that's the... And AOC wasn't wrong about the relation between surge and insurgent. Yeah. Oh, tell yeah. me more. Uh, surge meaning is the, the, the root word is to, to like a sudden flow. Uh, and then insurgent was to sudden flow. From the inside. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so it was just like... Flow from within. The original word surge was just like the way we describe surge. It's the same meaning. And then insurgent was a reference to like the action, of the surging. action of surging through. Yeah. So it became a reference to the people and the, the insurgents. So there's a similar root there. Baxter says, Tim, Strauss Howe is for people not well read in history. He references World War II, Civil War and Revolutionary War, but conveniently skips over World War One, Napoleonic Wars, etc. There's always the case with these books. Strauss Howe is just the latest meme people in D.C. are gushing over because it's fun to think the world isn't so boring and we can predict the future. But you're right. (laughs) It's probably true. Low and Light says, Tim, please have someone on that was there at the Capitol on January 6th. Let's see. Uh, You would then stop flipping calling calling D.C. a riot or a siege. That is offensive and BS. Well, I've seen videos of people at the front gate bashing the windows and then people fighting them. I've seen the videos of the people running in and clashing with the police. And I've seen the video of having the door open. I think there are people who are there who uh, only like walked around and didn't realize what was going on at the Capitol and think it was only the peaceful side. But we quite literally had, uh, I believe we had more than one of the journalists. We did. We had two. Yeah. Yeah. Who were down there telling us everything that was happening. Yeah. like Yeah. Richie was on like right after. Yeah. The next day. Richie and Jorge, I think. Sideways says I'm 26 and single. So instead of kids, I get stressed out by building up and restoring uh, modeling uh, rest uh, resto modeling old cars. The issue may be lack of hobbies. Cars are my kids or cats. Cats. Don't recommend cats. Everyone get cats. You'd be a cat person. <laughs> Mastermind says Ian's words about Crimea inspired me to do my first super chat. Oh, that's absolutely. epic, dude. Very cool. The Crimea okay. stuff's crazy, man. I've been like, about it the whole night. Russia is amassing troops. You were talking about this earlier. Yeah. The, the, the Ukrainians just issued a draft on the April 1st. 16,000 or so Ukrainians are now drafted. Um, they want to liberate, from what I've heard, they want to liberate Crimea. Russia's like, nope, we're going to oh, send tanks wow. if you invade us because Russia thinks Crimea is Russian. Yeah. Ukraine thinks Crimea is Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a messy situation, man. Yep. Corey Hill says, love the show, Tim. Please consider the legendary Mark Kern, a.k.a. Grums, as a guest for your show. He is a leader in pushing back against the insanity in the culture war and is a brilliant game developer. Oh, cool. And from, for those that don't know, if you've played World of Warcraft, I believe there's a ring called the Mark of Kern. Or it may not be a ring. It may be just a, a, an item. It was named after Mark Kern, one of the OG developers of World of Warcraft. And Mark is rad. And uh, I would love to have him on the show. I think I, I, I've dealt with him in the past uh, periodically. Um, we should definitely reach out to him and have him on the show because he's a cool dude. He's working on a, a, a new video, a, a, a new video game too. And we can talk about that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I'll look him up. Razor Tune says five months ago, I released my first game. I was hoping to bring some humor during the lockdown. It never took off now and it may be too late. Maybe you could give it a shout out. Check out. What is it? Corona run on steam 2d platformer. Interesting. It's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. Maybe, you know, people will find a fun game. Marcus Carter says, I'm a 37-year-old disabled combat veteran with a three-year-old child on life support since birth. I just started a pack, shorting DC, because despite my problems, they are nothing to the problems we all face together if we don't recapture our government. Visit shortingdc.org for more. Hey, good luck, Marcus, and thank you for your super chat. 
Michael Schwobel says, old quote, you don't become an adult until you have people that you are responsible for. Definitely. Golins Thop says, I will send my kid to school. I can teach my kid many things, but I cannot teach them social interaction. They need to learn to deal with all kinds of people, especially how to deal with jerks and difficult people. Yes. Uh, okay, Rob Brown says, I love this chick. There you go. Oh. <laughs> that chick. Awesome. <laughs> Bonnie Bailey says, hugs Ian. Try to keep it together. You look so sad. I feel you, guy. Try to stay strong. Hugs. Thanks. I think the war stuff got you down. You were like really serious or you're like, yeah. the war's starting. China's going to take Taiwan. You got me scared over here. <laughs> it's so re- representative <laughs> of World War II. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. You, before the show, you were talking about this, and it's like a, a really scary thought. Yeah. If Russia makes a move on Ukraine because the ceasefire is over and other amassing troops, the U.S. will absolutely prioritize Ukraine, and then China will immediately seize Taiwan. And they'll, yep. they'll point at Russia and say, hey, they're doing it. And then all the countries around the world that have a place they want to invade will start, will invade it. They'll be That'll like, happen. America can't stop us all. And then the Russians and the Chinese won't fight each other at first, just like the Nazis and the Russians didn't fight each other at first until Germany invaded Russia. China is this imperialist monster, has been messing with Russia, may eventually invade Russia, and then the Russians will flip. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. All right, let's see. Zu- uh, Zuevobro. Juliet's Chris. Tell Alex I said hi. Otherwise, I love the show, Tim. Who's Chris? <laughs> you, don't know someone, you don't know anybody named Chris? I do, but I know a lot go. of them. Juliet's Chris. Tell Alex I said hi. Oh, hi, Chris. <laughs> you're going to get a text later, and they're gonna, you're going to go, oh. oh yeah, I'm like, <laughs> there's like a million of you. Normies Get Out says, mandatory military service for two years would solve this problem. Service guarantees citizenship. Would you like to know more? I would like to know more. I'm not convinced it would, though. I think it would make a bunch of rebels. It, if, if the government instated the draft as a mandatory requirement, you would end up with a wave of insurgents. Like, this is America, man. You got to realize, doesn't matter if you're left or right. There are people going to be like, government can't tell me what to do. People got guns, too. The draft, I think the, the Vietnam draft, like, for the most part, worked. Like, most people were like, okay, I guess. But a lot of people were like, no. A lot of people died, dude. <laughs> like, in and, Vietnam. Yeah, you they know, were I drafted, know. yeah. Right, a lot of people just said, okay, and went along with it. But they didn't want to go. Like, yeah. They didn't want to go to jail, either. Exactly. But the draft is pretty did, much slavery. They didn't resist. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, well, well, some people did, but still. Like, what I mean is most yeah. people didn't resist. If, they, if, the yeah, government, yeah. if the government came out and was like, everybody dropped to your knees, people would go like, okay. Because they don't want to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, right. In the beginning of Vietnam, they, yeah. they were, it was very pro-war. People were into it. I guess. I, I've heard, um, especially like in World War One, World War Two, like there was a lot of, um, you know, you're not a man if you don't yeah. go to war and that kind of thing. Pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure, yeah. Joel Hart says, to quote Tom McDonald, you worry about leaving a better planet for our kids. How about leaving better kids for our planet? Love oh, uh, yeah, Mike drop. Yes. Mike drop Tom McDonald. One. Kuya Chris says, hey, guys, some people are blaming Trump for all the Asian hate because of the anti-China stuff. What do you guys think? I think it's an excuse from people who haven't been dealing with the actual racial problems in this country. In fact, have been making it worse when they demonize Asians as white adjacent or actually more privileged than white people or even coming to the point where just in the past few months, they were like, Asians are white. Huh. Then all this stuff happens like, oh, don't look at me, dude. These people went on racist tirades for years about Asian people. So I don't blame Trump for that. Alex B says skateboarding is such an amazing, 
amazing and uh, skill, skill teaching experience. The camaraderie, relationships, and experiences are character building. I think so. But I think skateboarding has become too mainstream in that it's, it's, it, 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 it is. Too mainstream. Yeah, it's in the Olympics. It's yeah. an Olympic sport. So now you've been seeing this over the past decade where it's like kids who have coaches and trainers. And oh. it's like, we want to see 50 kickflips today. And it's just so different from what ska- skateboarding. Kind of establishment. Yeah. So it's getting to a point where there's, there's, there's still that aspect <laughs> of skateboarder culture. But I'd be, yeah. willing, I'd be willing to bet with the emergence of park skating is when we really started to see skateboard culture kind of yeah, go bad in a sense or lose its soul. There are a lot of people who are like, hey, man, times change. And I'm like, oh, I totally get it. Like, I, I, have, I have this anecdote about watching the, ch- the, 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 the older generation wear baggy pants, then my generation wore the skin tight pants, <laughs> and then the younger generation wore the flooded dickies where they're like, they didn't go down to their ankles. Rolled and I'm like, way. and I was like, word, man, do your thing. Feel good about yourself. But that was still part, there was still soul in that. Now it's like cookie cutter corporate. Now it's like you watch some of these people and it's like, oh man, this is going to be boring. It's going to be like, you know. Burning man. Yeah, where's the edge? Yeah. It's just, it's fine if skateboarding becomes a traditional American pastime corporate endeavor. It used to be if you wanted to skate a certain way, you had to go out in the streets because we didn't have parks. Now that, then parks exploded. And then there's a lot of people now who are like, why skate street? They only skated a park. It's considered not as like legit to do a trick at a skate park than if you did it in the, in the, in the actual streets because you're like conquering real mm-hmm. terrain. But I think we're getting dangerous. Like we're, it's coming to the point now where it's just going to be park skating. You know, so like the soul, the original, which maybe is a good thing because there's a lot of kids who act a fool and they'll like fight with cops or fight with security guards. And one security guard got like killed because some guy shoved him and like, you know, it's a whole, whole, whole lot of bad stuff. But, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, we, 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 we don't own everything forever and sometimes things change. Got to accept it, I suppose. So I'll just keep doing my thing and, and, and stay real to myself. Downey Jr. says sex wasn't specifically banned in the UK. We were banned from visiting other houses outside of bubbles. Outdoor meetups are allowed. Now, and all retail opens on the 12th of April. Zero restrictions from June 21st. A lot of people. No babies. Carl Schneider says, Working hard and appreciating what you have worked for is the cure for the disease of communism. People who don't actually earn what they have are riddled with guilt. Vote for government to take care of the poor to ease their own conscience. Golan Stop says, What do you guys think of adoption? I think it's fantastic. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I saw a video Lydia sent me where a chicken adopted kittens. Yes. I think that your family is not your blood relatives necessarily, but what you're familiar with. And you choose your family. Hmm. Even if you feel like you're thrust into what you're born with, you can always find another place to be familiar. Baby kittens, you know, cats like to be really warm. So they lay on computers. Mm-hmm. And so Lydia sent me this video where there's baby kittens and there's a chicken. And the guy walks over to the chicken and the chicken stands up and the kittens are underneath it. Because the chicken's all like, I got to keep these babies warm. Yeah. And the cats are like, we want to, oh, the kittens want to be warm. You know, uh, well, those kittens are going to grow up. They're going to be like, chicken chickens. is my friend. I love, yeah. I love chicken. You know, <laughs> that's right. I love those videos when animals get along and don't kill each other. All right, let's see what we got. Prometheus Prime says, the problem with pro-fam, anti-fam is simply complex. Neo-feminism has swapped the roles of men and women. Our country, I disagree with that, but he says, our country and people are under concentrated attack and their target is the family unit. China is hyper-masculinizing and we are regressive. They didn't swap the roles of men and women. Uh, neo-feminism, for the most part, is erasing femin- femininity. You, you, you know what I mean? Telling women to, to work jobs, freeze their eggs and just have kids later. They're not going to men and be like, men must be in the home. They're going, 
women must be in the workplace. Women must be CEOs. There is an advocacy for, well, men can be stay-at-home dads if they want. Yeah. But where's the, men must be also running the home. The, 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 the sentiment is not there. Not at all. So it's all pushing heavily you know what? into the masculine. This is making me think that maybe we actually do live in a patriarchy. They just want us to be like men. They don't want men to be like women. I mean, uh, a little bit, maybe, but ugh, that makes me mad. Ryan McDougall says, I'm a 36-year-old single dad of an 11-year-old girl. Having a kid is something you don't know how great it is until you raise your own. Jack, the tech says, it's not about the energy you have now, Tim. It's about the, it's, it's about having energy 10 to 15 years from now when you're pushing 50 ish and your kid wants and needs you there. Dude, I got energy for days. He's the energizer bunny. Ten, either, either I'm a candle burning twice as bright by the time I'm 50, I'll be like, <laughs> no. or I'm going to be like, I you know, there's something jittery. to, um, this is really out there, but like, uh, internet video and people thinking about you when they're watching. Cause right now, like, people are watching Tim's yeah. videos. Mm-hmm. The thousands and thousands of people are perceiving Tim and thinking about Tim and listening and hearing his. So that energy is like bouncing off our stratosphere into his body. Think so? And yeah. Huh. Interesting. Possibly so. All right. Troy uh, Bruce. Oh. No, I, was, I was going to add something. I don't know about you guys, family situations, but another benefit to having kids young that I didn't really think about is having your parents there to help you. Yes. Good point. Um, that his grandparents, my son's grandparents have been there to be like babysit and stuff like that. And because I wouldn't trust a stranger with my child, it was really helpful for them to be around. So just something to think about. That's a great point. Yeah. Troy Bruce says Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco upheld a Hawaii law that bans residents from openly carrying firearms without a license that is issued only to those who can show they need the weapon to protect life or property. The line in the sand has been crossed. It may go to the Supreme Court. I believe it will. But whether or not Supreme Court takes it is another another issue. And if they do, the floodgates may be opened and constitutional carry may go, may, may go uh, nationwide. That would be amazing. Could you imagine if overnight it was just like... No state can ban someone from walking around with a gun. Keeping bare arms shall not be infringed. That'd be incredible. Beautiful. Uh, in, in many places, particularly like Maryland, you have to prove you need the gun. Yeah. I actually And you can't. Yeah. You, you, you can't. It's very, very hard. Yeah. You have. So typically they say if you transport large sums of money. Yeah. Or if you have like an active threat against you, they know about. But for the most part, they'll just deny you. And it takes like, what, six months or some ridiculous amount of time. Yeah, you have to have receipts that someone's trying to be, well, attack you. Well, <laughs> to be fair, the Constitution does yeah. say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed uh-huh. only in the instance where the individual has a good reason for having the gun and can prove it to the government. Otherwise, oh, no yeah? guns. I, I didn't read that. It's part. actually really yeah. <laughs> small, you know, and people just overlook the text, yeah, but it's yeah. there. It's tiny, oh. tiny, tiny. <laughs> it's in there. I love the people who are like, but the well-regulated militia part, I don't care. Yeah. Shut up. You're wrong. Uh, Gray Giannico says, just a daily reminder that Trevor still sucks. Yeah. Does he? Whoa. Yeah, it's true. I forgot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me earlier that Trevor sucks. Yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know who Trevor is. I, no I gotta feel I bad for him. I don't know who Trevor is. I don't know who Chris is. You're awesome, Trevor. <laughs> this guy, this guy Aww, okay, tre- Trevor, if sure. you're out there, you gotta super chat now so that we, you know. Yeah, we gotta set the record straight. Let's go. All right, let's see. Chad Eldred says, I know you've talked about it being too hard to book some people. Some more bookable names you might consider. Ian Hutchison, nuclear engineer, fusion discussion. Bob Murphy, anarchist economist. Yes, Gothics. he's cool. Bob Murphy? Yeah. So cool. I'll write this down. He comes highly recommended by Julie Borowski. Very cool. Oh, yeah. 
Danine S says, maybe maybe I missed something, but when talking about depression, people need to distinguish between situational depression and clinical depression. Yeah. Clinical depression isn't just, uh, doesn't just look like crying and hopelessness. It can be anxiety attacks or numbness. It can also be someone saying they don't feel like going out and they're bored and tired and mm-hmm. their, you know, their legs Lots are sore. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. Sam Good says, hey, bro, I'm a veteran who was who has deployed. I'm also pseudo liberal slash conservative. I see amazing from amazing from both sides of the voters on the spectrum, right or left. It'll flake both to turn around the world. It'll take both. Heck yeah, it will. Yep. Steph MLB says culture's big if one wants kids. Easy to date, but men of value are hard to find with today's uh, political politics and weak men. She says, I'm Latina in med school, but also 27. Given the choice, I give up med for kids. Here is taboo. Why? Many can be doctors, but only I am able to carry on my lineage. Man. That's a good point. Jeffrey N. Fraser says, great show, Tim. I would like to see you do a segment on TimCast.com with Pierogi from Scammer Payback about the scams that are happening and what can be done to stop them. Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be cool. All right. Let's see. We'll do a couple more super chats here. Just a couple more. Two more. Sonny James says, just goes to show you anyone who might protest the state gets shot. Our government is equal opportunity shooters. I'm already seeing the woke crowd run defense for this killing. Well, sometimes <laughs> I can't read that part, but I get your point. Oh, <laughs> spicy. Yep. Sometimes a little too spicy for YouTube, huh? <laughs> Uh, I just want to say to everybody who gave a shout out to Ian for his birthday. Thank you for your super chat and happy Thank birthday, you guys. Ian. Thank you. And to the people saying Tom McDonald is a guest, we absolutely would love to, but uh, Tom's know. a very busy guy. So yeah. let's see. To no spam says, Julie, I have a cool story. W-R-T, Julie. With respect to Julie? Is that what that means? With regard to, yeah. Uh, with regard to. About oh. two years ago, I bought a signed copy of her book, Nobody Knows How to Make a Pizza. Was quite amazed that she took time to write a note. Go girl. Oh, how very yeah, nice of you. Awesome. I could do autographed copies, too. Oh, I love it. Yes. All right, we'll do one more. Bitcoin Hunter says, just had my first son. Congratulations. Oh, he is two months old, and I can't believe how much my life has changed in just two months. Very Thank amazing. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do one more. Aura Karina says, as a single father of a little girl in elementary school, I find it weird that I'm the youngest father around, and I'm in my 30s. Crazy times, my friends. Well, hey. To everybody who hung out this Friday night, thank you so much. Make sure you smash that like button before you go. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. I wonder if we're going to break 1 million subscribers uh, because we're very, very close. Maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully. But we're very close. So probably in the next few days, it'll definitely happen. And thank you all so much for everybody who subscribed. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be around on YouTube for a lot longer. If you really like the show, hit that share button. Post the link in other places. Let people watch and let them know why you like it and to give it a shot. That really helps. You can follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. My other YouTube channels are YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCast News. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. And also TimCast.com has a huge, massive library of exclusive bonus segments and episodes where we swear a lot. <laughs> recently, recently, I did a segment with Jack Murphy where like, I went off. We were talking yes. about whether or not you should like what you should do in the event of a mugging. And I was very much like I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And if people were armed and could defend themselves, we wouldn't have these criminals in the first place. So it gets a little spicy and a lot of people were commenting. So you, you might like it. Go to TimCast.com. Subscribe. Become a member. Check it out. And uh, Julie, do you want to mention anything before we go? Uh, sure. You can follow me on Twitter. Julie Borowski. YouTube. Julie Borowski. I don't know. Just Google my name. You'll find something. You have some books? I do. I have Nobody Knows How to Make a Pizza, and I also have a new book, uh, Peaceful Porcupine. 
And these are libertarian-ish, or how would you describe it? I don't like to say they're libertarian-ish because it sounds kind of cringe, like I'm yeah. trying to force <laughs> political ideology on kids. I say they're educational, and they teach kids about morality, especially Peaceful Porcupine. It talks about, you know, don't hurt other people, which is important, whether you're libertarian or not. Because it'll jam quills into you, and yes. you'll deserve it. <laughs> yes. Non-aggression principle. The armed porcupine. Yes. Peaceful, but will defend himself. Yes, that's exactly the point oh, of the book. There you go. I think um, Jordan Peterson talked a lot about the meek from the Bible, the meek yes. shall inherit the earth, and meek wasn't like weak. It was the person with the big sword that chose not to use it. Oh, Indeed. I love it. Similar to the porcupine. Porcupines, yeah. Or, you know, the, the good, uh, the, the millions of American gun owners who don't commit crimes with their weapons, and yeah. the government comes and says, yeah, the well, news, we, yeah. we yeah. want to take your gun away from you because some crazy guy did something. No, oh. man. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for the birthday wishes. You guys, this is really, really fun. Um, Ian Crossland, you can follow me, iancrossland.net. Get all my socials from there. And I'm happy to see you guys again next week. Very cool. And again, Ian, happy birthday. I know this birthday was a little bit of a downer for you. I apologize that Russia decided to do this with Crimea today. <laughs> I don't blame you, Lydia. What, what a what a cap out. What a, what a jerk. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Minds and Real Sour Patch Lids on Gab and Instagram. You guys can follow me there. And before we go, I will read the last super chat from the philosopher. Taxation is theft. Julie is awesome. Thanks for having her on. Thank you. Thank you all so much to everybody for hanging out. We will be back Monday and uh, we'll see you all then. Bye, guys.